A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast as we start Season 5 of the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I'm Tim, that is JB. Hello, Timothy. There is Phil. Hello, Tim. We're in the rugby dungeon and you might be able to tell from our tone of voice we are quite excited that the proper rugby season is back. Obviously, the top 14's been back for a while. Six months. There's been super (laughs) rugby and rugby championship, but this is what it's all about. The British Isles and Ireland and Italy... And South Africa. (laughs) (laughs) Have domestic rugby once again, and it feels good. Uh, Well, we made it, boys. We actually made it. Uh, uh, Happy happy season five, everyone. Happy season five. Well, it's technically, we haven't... It's like a birthday. Technically, you're born. Yes. And you are... That's your first birthday, when you're born. Yes, unless you're Chinese. Huh? If you're Chinese, you're born age one, I think. Well, yeah, that, that's the that's point. what I mean. Yeah, oh, right, that's yeah, the point yeah, yeah. Okay. There's your first birthday. Well done. Whereas we started not at the beginning of a season, so we got a little bit of time before we celebrate a full five years. When did we do our first one? December. It was, it was like, no, it, it wasn't October. Far. It was middle yeah. of October, maybe September. It was dark. October. I remember it being dark. No, it was... <laughs> <laughs> Is that just dark in your mind? Yeah, <laughs> you're in a dark place. It was a dark podcast. <laughs> well, it wasn't very good back in those days. Well, yeah, that, I mean, just sure. favour if you're listening to this and you've you know news it, don't go back and listen to the old ones. They're not worth it. Well, definitely not. Bin them. There's a lot of water under the bridge, and also you got to remember we were the only people doing it back then. Not anymore. So there was nothing to compare it to. Yeah. So we were, and it, you know, yeah. we, were we were the, the best leaders back in the day. Yeah, we were yeah. The, we were the best around. It was us and. <laughs> It, it was us as Saracens and 11 London, London Welshies. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's like it is well, in, uh, in the Premiership. I, I guess we're kind of like the Leicester Tigers, aren't, aren't we? I mean, we should be great. I mean, we've got, you know, like, <laughs> like historic pedigree. But the competition's vast now. Vast. <laughs> there's people with bigger budgets. Yeah. Well, there's definitely uh, You don't need a budget for this. You don't need a budget no, you talk, don't need talking budget. to microphones. Yes, exactly. And you need, you need opinions and you need passion. And we will bring all of that and more as we talk about this first weekend of domestic rugby and all. There's so many great storylines to talk about. Just a little teaser. Uh, well, go on, JB. Take it over. Something, something that, that, yeah. that, that JB's going to take centre stage on at the very end of the podcast. Yeah, I'm not going to go into it now because the overwhelming story this weekend is the return of rugby. Oh, yeah. But if you listen right to the end, right to the end, I'll have some anecdotes about... Don't, ev- don't, don't give too much... Don't give, don't everybody's favourite press journalist. Right, OK, yeah. There's and been, that's it. There's been other stuff going on. Which Follow us on Twitter, you'll, you'll see. I don't particularly want to get too deep into myself, but... 
quite happy for JB to take centre stage. Yeah. Me too. The, yeah. Me too. So, so I, I know, right? well, let, let's not mess about, okay? Let's talk talk about game, in my in my opinion, game of the weekend. Go on. Uh, nighttime game, absolutely packed house. Traditionally a team that's not done, pati- done particularly well in the high leagues. Treviso played Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> and what an amazing, what an amazing win. Did you see it? So I didn't watch it. Yeah, it was, I've, it was I've a seen the game. result. So, well, no, no, hold on. We're not talking about that first. It was, oh, a good jo- it was a good joke, but we're not <laughs> actually talking about that first. Unless well, you can it, summarise it in thirty seconds. It's JB's beloved Benetton. Yeah, no, no, the boys are absolutely fantastic. <laughs> um, I, I think the biggest takeaway from this isn't necessarily the Benetton win, which is, by the way, brilliant because obviously they're building on uh, last year, which was uh, you know the most successful year in their history. And um, it's basically the state of the Dragons, and I say the state. You know, they've replaced the pitch. That's good. They've got good people upstairs. They've got good coaching now. And they've bought players. But it's hard to appreciate what a low level they, they, they started on. I mean, I don't think that one or two players here or there is going to solve the Dragons' problems. They need a lot more and more on top of that, I Good. would say. Great, great, great summary. Just, just one extra thing to add to that uh, from Russ Petty on Twitter. So Benetton, between 2010 and 2017 won six out of 70 away games, away mm. league games, so less than 10%. They've won five out of 10 since 2017. So for the past two seasons, five out of 10 away games, which, which is quite remarkable. It for, is, including for, Leicester, for Benetton. Uh, for Benetton. So yeah, we don't... Just that, one, that, yeah, one, that, one thing enough. to remember, okay? Monty Ioni. This, okay. is, this is the winger from Benetton. Tim, you are desperate to get off I, I wanted to, come on, nobody, to, <laughs> nobody hit download or listen on this podcast wanting to hear about Benetton. It's a great result, yeah, well done, for a good start go. to the season. Only in the Premiership or a big team soon. Hits like a train. <laughs> what was your, your favourite mo- bit of the weekend, Phil? What was your highlight? Ooh. You know what? I think it was the all-round uh, sensational performance by Exeter Chiefs. I think, uh, yeah, I, they were good, weren't they? I think I thought for the first, I don't know, 20 minutes or so that it was going to be a tough game and Leicester were really going to make them work for it. And then they just opened up and it was such a such a good, solid exit of such a chief-like performance. Uh, but do you think that is reflected in how settled that squad is and how few names were brought in? In fact, I can't think of the, a single... Well, um... Cuthbert. Cuthbert, of course, yeah. That's who's, it. Who's playing in the A-League or the Premiership Shield, which now, is being uh, put on a Freeview channel. Yeah, how do I watch this? Uh, I don't know. Uh, go, go and search online. There's a Freeview channel um, that you can do watch you not, it Sorry, I'm not allowed to talk about Benetton. I'm not allowed to talk about the A-League. No, no, no. no. I'm <laughs> saying I don't know. So um, we can find that out and maybe include it in a minute. Phil's already on the case, He's I on think. the case. He's on the case. Brilliant. Um, but... In fact, uh, our mate uh, Nick Heath is commentating, so look he at is, his yeah. Twitter account. He's probably... He's Good probably, point. Probably got it on there. Um, but you're right. But one thing I think with this, with sides, even those who haven't brought in many players, um, whether you brought in players or whether you haven't, the fact that there is a World Cup one year away means that everybody's game is going to be stepped up. Yeah. Everybody will have done that extra 1% here and there in pre-season. Matt look Kvesic. at Will Skelton. Look at the shape yeah. Will Skelton's in. Yeah. Well, Matt Kvesic <laughs> just being on the extra thing. Great performance, right? Yes. And England don't have a seven. Well, they have loads of sevens now, actually. But, but they don't have the seven, do they? Well, they have Tom Curry had a uh, stretch it off He's with all a right, head apparently. injury. 
according yeah. to Dams. He gave a thumbs up as he went yeah, off on the stretcher. that was nice to see. Oh, Dams just said he was fine. So he's okay. <laughs> so was awesome. it an HIA he went off with, though? Don't know. Dams is all right, so that's all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't know. We'll see. There's was, two of them. There's money. Yeah. There's another one. Yeah. Un- Underhill played well at times in a, a poor overall performance. Oh, right, but, and, that's, yeah, and that's and that's all. That's, so the two Kvesic. general points I want to make is one: we've just entered it one year from a World Cup, so that's going to mean everybody's going to be on it in a way that even more so than they normally are. And secondly, the, the second general point I want to make is there's a lot of people when I look at social media and stuff after this weekend making very broad brushstroke judgments. Oh, on one match. Yeah. Oh, guilty. 100 percent guilty. So both are going down. Quinn's going to win the league. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bristol will probably get get into Europe. <laughs> so even in the even in the case of Leicester Tigers, who yeah, no, was, no, that they that, don't count. That they a, don't count. That was a toothless. It, it was a relatively toothless um, performance away at Exeter. But you've got to wait several weeks before you make any sort of judgment about them. Because no, I think they're done. <laughs> over. I'm deadly serious about that. Did you see Matt O'Connor's comment after yeah, that game it, it was on quite, BBC Leicester? Was it? It was quite an astounding oh, no. comment. The sort, it, of, the sort of quote when I see it, I was like, "Oh damn it! I want, I want to be the person to ask that question <laughs> and get that quote." Oh, are you talking about the one where he said we ran out of steam? No, he said, uh, "I think," and I don't want to misquote, so I will also look. At, so I will say that this is just a general gist. Um, he said. Oh, we knew before the game that the forwards were probably undercooked and what? hadn't had enough game time in pre-season. What? what? And now I think I'm—I I don't want to be misquoted, so um, let me. I mean, what? Why, why was this? Was um, were they on holiday or was it weddings? I mean, they're a professional club. There is no—it's well, not talk H, is it? Palotta now has got an excuse for being undercooked or overcooked. <laughs> well, yeah, that'd be the uh, more the issue. One or the other, which both has the same consequence. Oh, here we go. Matt O'Connor said, uh, "We knew coming into it, we were probably forty, sixty, eighty minutes short of enough rugby for our frontline forwards." Fire that man for a number of reasons. We didn't get enough minutes into them in in the preseason. Right. Uh, sorry. Wow. Not. I mean, a four, a four, what was it a forty points to three or to six, to six loss? Right. Is not a fitness drill away. You know, it is not an <laughs> a few, A-League a few team. More, yeah, we're, a few more minutes. Even, even if it is, even if actually, yeah, we were a bit rusty, so actually we'll be much better next week. Now they've got 80 minutes under their belt. Like, th- this is professional exactly, sport. And this amazing. is day one of the season. The whole of pre-season is about this weekend. Yeah. That, that to me, the phrase it, it reminds me of is, a bad workman blames his tools. Is, if, who who is responsible for preparing his team? It's not Matt O'Connor. I can't imagine who else it is. I, I just, I, I, I don't. I, what kind of excuse is that? I am certain that he has gone, and I've said this twice already. And one day I'll be right because he can't coach <laughs> <can't laughs> him forever, can he? <laughs> eventually, but, yeah, he will be correct. Go. I predict he's going to go in the next two weeks. Next, uh, no, two. Put weeks. it on the board. Put it on the board. Right. Wow. It's going to go in the next two weeks. Jordan Murphy will take over. Wow. Two weeks. I, so, I hope that is not the well, case. Why? Why would you want? Why well, would you want to continue? Why would you wait? Why would you do do that in week three? Because I of think a season. you've got to undo contracts and all the rest of it. And the, <sighs> the eternal question for me is: Do you have someone better waiting in the wings? I think with Matt O'Connor, he's just not good enough. Well, I, I, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's cruel to watch him have to coach his team because they're so bad and they're such good players. I think, as I said. That it is way too early to make any sort of judgment. Like, there's a lot of people declaring, 
Gloucester are a, a, a definitely in the top four. Now, they look really good, and Mostert and Creel to come into that pack, <sighs> it's tasty. So I'm not denying they're going to be much more competitive than they were last year. But it was one game at home against the Northampton side that were transitioning and gave away a ridiculous amount of penalties. So mm. you cannot suddenly start saying, oh yeah, Gloucester top four. As, so the reactionary stuff, people calling for Todd Blackadder's head. What? I agree with that one too. <laughs> I, I, do, I do agree with both those. Well, let's, let's talk about... Well, cause I want to focus on the positive. So yeah. let's talk about that Bristol performance then. Uh, well, Bristol Bears... Oh, go on. No, yeah, the Bristol performance is amazing, right? It's an amazing game because let's just take the only stat that matters, cliche, out of the picture, which is the score, right? Remove that and then just look at everything else. So who should have won this game based on caps? Who should have, ba- um, who should have won this game based on salaries, uh, maybe of the starting 15? Who should have won that game based on territory, based on visits to the 22, based on apps, based on penalty count? Everything tells you, right, Bath should have won that game except for the score. And I think it is a magnificent achievement Yes, by Bath to lose it. I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine how you do that. And I tell you what, the first 20 minutes of watching Bath, I thought, oh my God, this is a, par- this is a top four unit. This is a powerful, par- powerful pack. Powerful They're- pack and some God, dangerous they- men out wide. Yeah, God, Good they can combinations. Run Jamie Roberts is hammering down. He, t- he nearly takes some- uh, someone's head off. Uh, Faletau is the best player. In every position on the field, <laughs> yeah, he's best in the tight, best at the line out, yeah. best out wide, just amazing. And then they miss that try, don't they? Um, Boston um, doesn't put the ball down, and it all falls to pieces. It was a great, like, it's such a turning point. It's such a kind of confidence knock for the whole team. Mm. And you'd think, oh no, it, it's nothing. They've created the chance, so they'll do it again. And they just didn't. They like ever seemed to spread. Across the team, it was like that. contagious. Yeah, it was a little bit. Well, there were all th- there were things like Luatua managing an, an intercept on their own goal line, a massive turnover. Did they on their own twice? goal line? Yes, Lua they did intercept yeah. twice, close to their so own line. There was, and there was a couple. There was at least one dropped as well. Yeah. Um, Chris Cook picking up, taking a couple of steps, and then yeah. firing a pass. Which Bristol, one of their main, well, as most teams should be, their main defense on the, their line was a complete blitz. So by Cook taking two steps, the defence has already eaten up all the gaps, so there's no way you should be firing the pass. Yeah. Bristol well, Brist- well, had a bunch of get-out-of-jail-free cards. But what, what does it tell you, though, about Bristol in that game and Bath and the differences between the two teams, that one of Bristol's main defensive weapons was the intercept on their own five-metre? <laughs> I mean, that, I'm not even joking about I think, that. I think that does say more about, again, about, about Bath being too slow with the ball in hand and then not reading the situation. Yeah. It is Bath being unprepared. I mean, that is a... I mean, I kind of... I've said some things about Bath. Like, I don't think they were as... Like, last week I said, I don't think they were as good as they were a few years ago. And then they put that team out. I Just the back row options alone, I thought, oh, hang on, I might be wrong here. I might not just be a bit wrong as well. I might be really wrong. Uh, no, on, I'm not. On a different day, you could have been. Yep. If, if Homer dots that down and the... The forward mm. dominance up to that point continues. The territory in possession continues. And they actually bring in, which is something they failed to do enormously, which was bring in Rocco Daguni and Thokonasinga uh, into the game. That would have changed things completely. Yeah. Um, now, you know how these things work, Tim. You go to press day, yeah. the, usually the week before you go and watch a team. So I would have assumed that the, you know, the team... So the broadcast team went to Bath this week. 
Would that be correct? Um, they would have. Well, no, there was a piece with Pat Lamb, so someone went down to spend a, spend a day with Pat Lamb. Right. Okay. So one of the things I was thinking, because the commentary team kept on men- mentioning it, and also because of the way that Bath were choosing to spend their penalties, was Bath must really rate their scrum. I mean, they must really think they've got some sort of super weapon here. Because when they could have took points, a few occasions they went, they, went for, they went for the scrimmage. And also, from the very off, it was, oh, Bristol could struggle, Bristol could struggle. And actually, Bristol did remarkably well. They won most of their own ball. Um, they didn't concede too many penalties at, too many penalties at scrum, scrum time. With a 36-year-old prop and Harry Thacker, who's what, same height and weight as you, Phil? Isn't he literally the same height and weight as you? Uh, he was listed at almost identical to me at one point, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think he's definitely bulked up a, a bit now. Yeah. It's, he's not he's not massive at all. And they couldn't even get, get that right. And that tell you what summarised the whole game for me. Tom Dunn's not straight last last play of the game. <laughs> well no, for me that didn't summarise the whole game. Well okay. yes, that, that was one side of it. There's two sides of this coin. There's one that, that Bath should have won it, it should have put it away. There's, there's there's no question. But the the bravery and the that, and, and the the intent of Bristol, they are already and again, p- people don't believe me. I've chatted to people this weekend, um, met a bunch of our listeners, actually, lo- a bunch at King's Home, Joe Simkin. Oh, yeah? Oh, uh, really? Enigmatroid. Enigmatroid. Brody and his mate and Rugby Dahl up at Newcastle and yeah. stuff. Anyway, he was a second-team captain when I had my one pre-season at Donington uh, Rugby Club. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, I, um, I had a chat with, uh, with one fan at Gloucester who didn't believe I didn't have a team. He thought I was saying it just because... Yeah, because you and I are the the same, uh, exactly the same in that regard. I don't, don't have a team. Yeah, and Phil didn't have a team until yeah, we, we had a whole thing on the podcast one. about the Phil, fact Phil didn't have a team. I think it's quite important to remain neutral. Well, that, that's not why. I'm not faking it. But Bristol are now one of my the teams I will have a have an affection for as a watching a game as a neutral, just purely because of the way that they're trying to play the game. Yeah, and that is a really good point. Because after 20 minutes of Bath domination and just a bit, being absolutely mauled by them, I think their first real substantial uh, bit of possession, they really opened it up. Like, immediately you could see the intent which Bristol wanted to play with compared to the intent that Bath wanted. I mean, they were two completely op- completely op- uh, opposite game plans, which is why with only limited possession, they missed like 80 yards almost instantly. Yeah, and Chris Vui was outstanding Chris in, Vui was in that yeah. loose play. Luke Morahan is a guy that, he, despite the fact he's played for Australia, I imagine a lot of casual rugby fans have probably never heard of him. And the, the thing he's most famous for is that try against the Lions. And so he, he, oh, won, yeah. he won Super Rugby with the Reds in twenty. Is that who it is? Yes, that's him. Yeah, but you're right. He scored that sensational try. Yes, you're right. With a chip and chase. He's very fast. He's very, very fast. He, he had a brilliant, brilliant performance. Yeah, Vui, Luatua, um, I mean, Vui was an absolute warrior. It seemed that there's about three Chris Vuies on uh, <laughs> uh, on the field. Yeah, and so 36 year old prop who did struggle at first, but uh, did very well in the end, and a 38 year old flanker. Yeah, who's a 38 year old? George flanker? Smith. George Smith. Oh yeah, of course. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Did you think that the um, breakdown was very, very poorly officiated? Um. <sighs> I wouldn't say very poorly overall. Well, I was I screaming at my TV that, a lot, shouting, why does he need to take his hands off the ball? Well, the, Yeah, the, there's d- different officials. The, the way that it is, the interpretation of individual referees, I think JP Doyle refereed the whole match for both sides 
consistently around the breakdown. Yes, it was consistent. And that's and that's kind of fine because we're in the situation where the interpretation of a referee, yes, do I think another official um would have probably given George Smith a few more pens and not and penalised Bristol less? Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't like the interpretation of what was on the feet because so many I was screaming at the TV so often that why is he telling him to let go of the ball? He's got a good grip on the ball. It was not necessarily George Smith or any number of the Bristol players. And okay, release now, away now. I was like, why? Well, yeah. Why should he do this? And if, I think, he's, if he's the first man, yeah, first he's man, released his, his hand. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. not on a tackle assister. He's not using released his, his hand. Um, yeah. Released then gone back for the ball. I mean, the supporting your weight rule is so flaky. I know. I mean, I just don't. I don't know what's what really. It is. You but, could. You could. You could get ten videos of ten rooks, and half, you could say each one of these are given as a penalty. Tell me which team yeah. the penalty was given for, and that's a great shout. So th- there's what some a game. There's, I mean, it's a very boring is, technical game, but, but there's some that is clear and obvious. But there are so many where it, both teams are actually infringing, and the whistle goes, and you're like, right, which way is that? Which way is his arm going to go up? Which is why, as long as the official. Does it the same consistent, consistently across yeah. an eighty minutes? I'm fine with that. Uh, me too. Yeah, I always say so consistency is the key. Yeah, because then you, you understand it, and it's it's actually so Bristol who did give away far more more than twice as many penalties as Bath. They they didn't. It felt like they didn't learn, and they kept trying the same thing despite the referee not giving it. Uh, so that that's definitely a learning point for the future mm. for them. I mean, that said, they didn't need to change anything, did they? Because even with penalties, Bath were messing it up. <laughs> True. Uh, on, I mean, on on the bath thing, I just want want to say on the the Todd Blackadder thing because I saw a lot of oh Todd Blackadder's not up to it. Get rid. They've lo- they've lost one game they should have won, and I am I will accept and I and I think it's legitimate to to criticise um, coaching when 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 that looks to be the error when there's sort of systemic issues or game plan issues or selection things that you don't agree with then that's fine but but to to aim stuff at to, towards Todd Blackadder when Reese Priestland missed at least two kickable penalties mm-hmm. Tom Homer dropped a ball over Fight. the line lots of skill errors skill errors with lineouts knock-ons all over the place you you like what do you do if you're Todd Blackadder it is they should have won the game that. yeah I mean, do they should have won do you like Bath's game plan and you go yeah that's a better game plan than what Bristol had well, that's a different point. No, no, but do you, yeah. I mean that would be my question. Well, uh, the game plan. If Bath won the game, and then that that sort of muscular, relentless power game, power and territory, power game, game got them ahead and made Bristol start chasing and take more chances, then the thought might be that much in the way Exeter Chiefs did, you sort of open up that lead as the game goes on. Hmm. I and have gone for that, that game plan. Saw them beat Scarlets away last year. It saw them beat. Saracens at home. It saw them. I can't remember if they beat Toulon, but they they certainly came very close on at least mm, one occasion. Yeah. So they they they've done some very good things playing that exact game plan. But perhaps it's not always the best game plan to go to. And perhaps like also, Timmy, you say, the execution on the night was was very poor. And let's not take it away. That oh. was Bristol were immense. What's that alarm for? Cornerstone. Do, do, do it later. <laughs> I thought you were going let, to let, let everyone hear the actual alarm itself. No, no, no. <laughs> um, yes, you're quite right. It's a brand new season. It's season five. And we are extending an amazing offer to you just because you listen to us. And we want to say thank you very much for choosing the Egg Chasers podcast. And we would like to recommend to you choosing Cornerstone to take care of the facial hair or your missus's legs. Yeah. Or... 
your own legs or armpits, whatever. It's 2018, do what you want. Each to their own. Point is, the best razor that you can get, which I, don't, I shouldn't use that particular words because that's a strap line for a different razor, but this is, in our opinion, a far superior one. The best a no, man, no, you're man, woman... You're thinking the best a man can get. Ah, yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, this, in our opinion, is way, way better. Which, by the way, is horribly binary and offensive to me. What's that? The best, the best a man, man can get. I know, it's awful. I know. Awful. It's, um, yeah, you're right, actually. It's terrible, isn't it? It is, really is. Um, it's Cornerstone. German precision-engineered razors delivered to you. None of that going to the supermarket. None of that having to use one that's that's kind of run out because the alternative is having a, a face that doesn't look sharp for that meeting you've got tomorrow or the whatever going out. So get yourself Cornerstone razors. It gets delivered to you in a beautiful presentation box. And the the, the, the gimme here is try it. And give it a crack. We, th- we know you'll love it, but give it a go for, what, four quid? Exactly. Less than a pint. Because you listen to us, you get to try this for four quid. You will get your aluminium weighty shaft engraved with your initials or whatever else you want in- them engraved with and six German precision-engineered razors. There's all sorts of other gubbins you can get on the Cornerstone website. You just need to go to cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers. That's cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers. Or egg ten at checkout. Buy razors. Four quid. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Give it Buy a go. razors. Buy them. Right. right. Where next? Uh, where next? So, so uh, let's talk Gloucester. And Sippers, that Sippers pass was, oh, a, was a highlight. Wow. wow. That was I mean, unbelievable, that pass. So, I have a new theory, okay? And I explained this theory to Phil before. And he did what Phil does. He agrees with me when he's only talking to me, right? So whether he actually <laughs> agrees with it, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't... I'm, I'm very careful not to agree. I kind of smile and nod. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. It's a very neutral response. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. He's, he's got plausible deniability. Yeah. Exactly. So, my theory is, most... 15s, most teams in the Premiership now, are broadly similar. So, you know, the Wasps 15 play, the Exeter 15, the best that they can put out. It's not necessarily a coin toss, but it's going to be a, a very a very tight match. And that's the same across the entire Premiership. So, so that generally, I do agree with. Mm. The salary cap kind of pushes you into that position. Yes. And that's great. That's exactly how it should be. So I now think we should build some sort of happiness index to how happy each of the squads are and, or how cohesive they are. So the happiest squads are probably Exeter and Saracens. Yeah. And I actually think, just talking to people who actually play at Gloucester, uh, the players, um, they all love Ackerman. And I think he's doing that thing. He's doing that thing where they all respect each other, they all like each other. I think that's what Blackadder would like to do. But I think there's external pressures on him, which he, you know, which means he can't necessarily get that atmosphere in the club that he wants. But I think between Steve Vaughan and uh, Humphreys and all that crew there, I think they're doing a good job. Well, they've clearly taken a decision, and, and I, I'm, not, I'm not making a judgment on whether this is good or bad. I'm just I'm saying it is. Uh, um, they have made a decision that they need success and we need to spend money mm. and get big names because Mostert and Creel to come in, Gr- uh, Grobler as well. Yeah. What a difference they're going to make. Is Grobler so already pack. there? And uh, he is. He, he wasn't the, involved yeah, didn't play. this weekend. Um, there was no, it, was, it was all the guys in the pack this weekend except for one, the hooker on the bench, were from last season. But they... Um, they are spending some serious oh, cash. Oh, and Sippers. Oh, no, si- in the pack. In the pack. Oh, the pack, sorry. Right. So they're, they're spending some serious cash and are 
are making the decision? Because look, look at the back row, for example, Creel. You could say, and maybe in another time and in another club, they might say, right, this is the time to hand the keys, that seven shirt, to Jake Paledry, let's say. Mm. And or say, Ludlow. Ludlow, and say, you're yep. our man, go for it. Young, lo- young local guy, off you go. Um, but they, 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 want, they want titles. I think it's Creel who was voted as this. And you might have to correct me. Uh, I'm pretty sure he said the other day, and I love, I love his tr- line of thought, he wants to move before the World Cup. Did, did you hear that? So I read an interview with him, but uh, I didn't catch that bit. I, uh, please d- double-check this, but I'm pretty sure Creel said, if I move before the World Cup, that suits me financially because I can get a better deal now than after the World Cup when the market's going to be flooded with New Zealanders. Ah, smart, smart, smart man. So I did hear him talking about the, the extra, exchange Perfect. rate, yes. as in the um, pounds to the rand um, or rands to the pound. Smart operator. Get. Yeah. Well, yeah. why not? Exactly right. Why not? Uh, um, I just want to. I just want to say what what um, my my memory of this Saturday evening. Okay, so I was on a train from Gloucester to Newcastle, and I had the company of. Um, Nick Mullins. Yes. And Ugo Monnier. Excellent. Nice. Uh, on the train. And we were all sort of doing our well, thing. Ugo had his headphones in and was watching something. Uh, Nick Mullins was making commentary notes for the Newcastle Saracens game. What were you doing? Because they sound like professionals. What were you up to? Uh, uh, <laughs> wrist exercises. I was. <laughs> wrist exercises. Yeah. I was doing some wrist exercises and trying to talk JB down from a ledge. Um, <laughs> more on that later. Um, but every. About, I'd say every sort of 20 minutes, a half hour on this journey on the train from Gloucester to Newcastle, I would hear this. The final 10 minutes of um, what has been an eventful first half here at Kingstone. And they've drawn the penalty, controlled initially by. Morgan, Brayley, Cipriani over the top. Oh, Shuffles! That's what I heard every half hour, and it was. And this is what I loved about it. You had this guy who's played for the British and Irish Lions, England, won the Premiership, Ugo Monnier, just being like a, a, a kid in a sweet shop, like a fan. He's like, I've got to watch it again. I've got to watch it again. Oh, my God, that's amazing. He wasn't going, he wasn't, it wasn't so much the analysis he was doing, like, oh, that was interesting, that line. That, it was just yeah. like, I've oh, just got to watch the, it. fixes the defender, steps inside, and then it's the his eyes go to the closest man, but the ball goes to the farthest Eye man. control. No, Eye control. <laughs> they were actually talking about, uh, it was Tom Wood. We're saying oh lies with his eyes lies with his great line wasn't it so the first time I ever experienced that right was um, we had some Kiwis come over to play for Colin Bay Uh, Ryan and Tammy they were absolutely brilliant well they were certainly better than anything that (laughs) I'd ever seen at Colin Bay I mean I don't know how good they were overall now but anyway (coughs) one of them would look one way and pass the other the first time I'd ever seen it and it blew my mind absolutely (laughs) blows my mind still today it blows my mind the no look pass it's just amazing. Mm. It was something else. Um, so that, that was brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. It, it I, was penalty advantage. So you can try it. So you can try it. But, but, you, but you've still got to do it. You've still got to be able to do it. it. And that was phenomenal. And the, so a point I'd like to make on that, because um, two things I'd like to say about that. So one, we were talking as we were doing our wrap-up of Gloucester a few weeks ago, uh, our previews. And you said, so I was saying I think Sippers will fit into that team pretty well almost immediately and you gave him a full 12 months to be uh, cohesive in that team no, no, no. wait to see how good he'll be in 12 months <laughs> well, he's good now well, if he's doing things God better than that because that as well it's Sharples reads it 
And Sharples is going full pace as that ball flies across. So it's not just sippers. It's it's the the teamwork, the the unit. I mean, together. It's it's. Is it an astounding bit of play, isn't it? There's no it's, choice about it. His range of passing. I know yeah. Abel's got his range of passing, but he just he just slings that ball like it's nothing. But his short game is so good too. I mean, if there's one truth, if there's one thing that I've got right over the last four years of doing this podcast, it's that we undervalued Danny Cipriani's wrists when he described them as golden. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so the other yeah, point. The, the other point. point. So you had another debut fly half debut against him. Yeah. On Ooh. debut. Um, bigger, who had a bit of a forgettable game. Mm. The the best, the the biggest highlight from bigger, which was incredible, but isn't his attacking flair was his defensive capability in stopping banners from five yards yeah, out. Absolutely, which was a remarkable feat in itself. Because if that was sip, if if the tables were turned, then banner scores ten times out of ten every single time. Mm. So that was. There's a lot more to come from Bigger. Oh, but yeah. it's just it's it's a positive. I don't think it was him. as bad a performance as Bigger as some, as some have said. Yes, he kicked some into touch, but you can yeah. solve, you can solve that in yeah yeah straight away. I mean, I've always thought about Bigger that a league game just doesn't do it for him. It, it doesn't flick his switches. He needs more pressure. That's why he's <laughs> such an amazing international. Oh well, he clearly was up for it. The way again, you don't you don't put your body on the line that to to yeah. But like he has his best performances in the biggest moments. I think that's pretty. I, I see what you're saying. Well, here, here's one question I want to put about um, Danny Cipriani. Okay, so a lot of people, again, making judgments on the basis of one weekend of rugby, will <laughs> say, "Oh yeah, George Ford definitely shouldn't be England's ten, and uh, and Danny Cipriani definitely should." Yeah, I agree with that. Right? You, I know you do. That's fine. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't be against it entirely. What the po- question I'm saying is, let's say in this weekend's games, you put Danny Cipriani at Sandy Park mm-hmm. behind Leicester's pack, and you put George Ford in Gloucester behind their pack. Okay, and would we be saying, "Wow, Sippers," or or would we be and would we be saying, oh, "George Ford, not very good performance." Hmm, interesting. So I th- I think the result, flip, the, flip those two around. The results don't change. In fact, the magnitude of the results probably don't really change. Here's I, what I, I would agree say, right? If you're going to buy Danny Cipriani and bring, bring him into your club. If that's what you want to do, you've got, you've got to make some compromises. Number one is, as a coach, you're not going to have it your own way. In fact, you're basically, your attack, you're going to have to say, hands up, I'm no longer going to coach this attack. Danny's going to do whatever Danny wants. And that is deadly serious. I mean, I really think that. I actually think you make a really good point about, um, you know, would George Ford do better in that Gloucester team? Yeah, I think he probably would have. But I don't think that the structures in place at Leicester allow him to be as good, 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 good as he is. And if Danny Cipriani was taken over to Leicester, it would be a monumental and utter disaster. Because <laughs> they wouldn't allow him to be, da- to, to be Danny Cipriani. I think there's a lot to answer for there as to how Leicester use Ford. And you know, it's how they train and how they structure their whole attacking game. Well, yeah. Yeah. But a, a magical moment. Absolutely magical moment. There's, there's no doubting that. And there was, a, but but the, the I think one of the really exciting bits, uh, apart from just the atmosphere at King's Home, and uh, we've had loads of people on Twitter saying the atmosphere at Ashton Gate was incredible. Yeah. Um, it it sounded, it looked like it was incredible. King's Home was absolutely rocking as well. It was their five thousandth game. They had a big procession of legends of the game: James Forrester, Phil Vickery, yeah, nice. and some real old old guys with the blazers on the kind of do types guys. Yeah, I love it. Yes, but it was brilliant. It was great. It was so English rugby. It was perfect. Um, 
But the thing that I came away most excited about was Val Rapava Ruskin. Even yeah. more than Danny Cipriani. Mm. Very good, wasn't he? He was... He was, I thought he was the standout player. So they've got him on a long-term deal, haven't they? Like a real long-term deal, I'm he sure. He missed all of last season, pretty much. Played half a dozen games, tops. And he's English qualified. Yep. Well, he's qualified for four different nations, I think. What, Georgia? Georgian? Georgia. I want to say, like, Spain or France, maybe. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I'm sure he's... he's I'm sure, I think he's eligible for, for at least England and... Georgia. Georgia, yeah, yeah. So they Gloucester paid a premium for him. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying he's on a lot of money, like big salary. And at the time, everyone's thinking, "Oh, this is this is far too much money for a, a prop who hasn't proved himself yet." Yada yada yada. I actually thought it's smart business because in a few years' time, I actually think he'll probably be underpaid just the way that the way that salary is going. Because of lot, I think it's a three year, could be four. I think I think it's three. If he continues like he is now, that's a damn good signing. Well. Again, not not wanting to make judgments after a game, but if he has a sustained period where he is running with the ball the way he is, scrummaging solidly, yeah, uh, then he's got to be on the England radar. Yeah, yeah. Um, Loosehead, Mako, Marla, um, Varapova, Ruskin. What? No, but who was the who, who went? So who, who went away? Been there in the Hepburn's past. Hepburn's been around. Oh, yeah. Hepburn. Uh, oh, really? He's got a lot Hepburn. of Lewis people. Boyce. <laughs> yeah, Boise. Hey, who, Boise. Could, who, who could forget him? Oh, all three of us. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of people to m- remove first. Oh, he does. Yeah, he does. But if if, he's, if performances demand, but then Eddie Jones doesn't really value Premiership performances, does he? No, but he does weirdly just have a, a complete about turn and then bring someone in who he thinks will be the savior, and that could that could happen to him. I mean, he just thought he actually thought Brad Shields would fix everything instantly. Um, <laughs> interestingly, England have lost yet more staff. Yeah, that's that, that's an interesting story that's going on there. And Andy Farrell coming out and saying he was, he offered, was offered a job, the job and he turned it down. The defence coach job. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, so uh, who's the defence coach at the moment? Well, there isn't one. Yeah, but there's a lot of talk. I still don't think it's been confirmed. I'll do it. Uh, Mitchell. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. John Mitchell John coming Mitchell. in. Oh yeah, that was talked about, but it hasn't been confirmed. You're right. Uh, I'm just going to check it's well, not maybe been it confirmed. Been, maybe it has been confirmed. I don't think so. But um, Andy Farrell's come out and said he was offered the job, which is interesting that he's come and released that bit of news. Said he'd rather stay with Ireland. I can I can imagine Andy Farrell thinking, and understandably, everybody's got a little bit of ego, and he's so respected. And what he's you know, everyone came back from the Lions tour raving about Andy Farrell. So I imagine he sort of uh, he might have been thinking, well, no, if you're offering me the the head coach, I'll take it, but I'm not going as defence coach. Yeah, again, yeah. second stint. Um, yeah, who was the other one? It was, was it Mike Cat who was involved with that setup? He's with so, he's with Italy. He's with Conor O'Shea. In Italy. Yeah, Mike Cat was with Lancaster, wasn't he? I wonder if they, imagine one day they they get the band back together. I want to support some great Steve. redemption stories. Sam Burgess. Sam Burgess. Yeah, Burgess. From the World oh, Cup. Get them. him in. Yeah. Ooh, not so sure. Well, yeah. But the stock of both those lads have risen so high recently. Lancaster, I mean, it almost feels like Lancaster's a shoe in for the job again, which is bizarre. <laughs> and so, I mean, if Eddie was to disappear tomorrow, I wonder if they would bring Lancaster back or, you know, if he'd be in, in the running. Uh, surely not. Sure, the, surely not. The, surely you know, every not. Maybe, maybe job. as one of the, maybe as a senior coach. Yeah, not, yeah, Not yeah. the head coach. Yeah, maybe. Not the but, I, I tell you, I tell you how it would work, right? 
if Andy Farrell comes in as DOR and Stuart Lancaster as defence coach, <laughs> that would actually work better than it the probably, other. That prob- probably would. It probably would do. I can I can say it because every time that there's a DOR job available, the first name is Lancaster, Lancaster, Lancaster. Yeah. Do you know what I would love? A nice happy ending to that Lancaster story. It, well, well, I suppose he's already European got one. He's, doing, he's winning European Cups at Leinster. But I mean, in English rugby, I would love for people to have that, like a warm, good feeling about Stuart Lancaster again because he's such a good bloke Some... and very, very talented at what he does. Yeah, it turns out he just had the wrong job. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The old Peter principle. Exactly. Well, when he had the wrong job in a World Cup, he did he did quite well. Up to that, yeah. well, yeah, I mean, he, he can he never did, be forgiven. Well, for he did four four second place finishes, yeah, which is not good enough. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, anyway, and he can never enough. ever be forgiven for the Sam Burgess debacle. I can't say so, don't talk about Benetton's game at the weekend <laughs> yeah. if I want to start a conversation about four years ago. I'll have a conversation. <laughs> we've, about, we've had that I'll conversation. Have a, I'll have a conversation again. I've got at no least, problems with it. At least a dozen times. I'll do it again after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't have it every three months, it just feels weird. Yeah. Um, Right, I want to touch on a few games quickly from yeah, the on. Pro 14. Hang um, on, have we spoke about everything? No, no, no. no, 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 no. Missing, we not well, missing there's, there's more games, there's more games. I just want <laughs> oh, quick, oh, sorry. Quickly, because there were three games that finished in late winners uh, for Leinster, Glasgow, and my beloved Ulster, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, are you pride again, Phil? I'm so proud. Um, Scarlet's only missing 14 players and had Jonathan Davis pull out in the warm-up. Oh, no. But... We still won with a last-minute, uh, 81st-minute John Cooney penalty at home to uh, that, that Scarlet's team. But there are some, some positive signs. Although, because Premier Sport don't release the highlights and Pro 14 don't appear to release the highlights, I can't actually watch... I've not yet what? paid for Premier Sport. Oh, my God. So I, I can't... I, I, well, that's good that they've got it on lockdown, that, you, that, that there's no... Dodgy places that are. Yeah, so I tried to watch. I woke up this morning, turn on TV. I woke up very, very late, so I'll get, in, get into that later. Um, turn on TV, and what, what was there? A rerun of Benetton Dragons. I'm like, take my money. <laughs> so I literally couldn't pay them. So I started with a, a simple card transaction online using the website. Uh, it, just it just wouldn't allow me to do it. Then I phoned up their their office number, the you know the place where they take the money. Now this is a weird one because I'd assume most people are like me, which is they don't think of buying Premier Sport on lunchtime on a Wednesday. No, no. They, they panic when they see Benetton versus Dragons, <laughs> and then they go into buying mode, just like I did. So I phoned up phoned up the uh, accountancy staff or whoever it is that takes the money. Shut. Only work Monday to Saturday. Wow. Right, so there's no one what? saving money. So in the in the end, right like on the first weekend, yeah. first weekend. So in the <laughs> end, I had to go back through the whole process, and there's one last option, which is to set up a direct debit for 99 quid up front yearly, which is exactly what I did. So you're oh, tied that, into that. Oh, well, that's that's cheaper, right? Yeah, it's it is cheaper. cheaper. But I, you know, I shouldn't. Not I, all I'm saying is not everybody is as committed as me to watching Benetton versus Dragons. Yeah, some people, True. some people might give up after. You know, well, I just actually reading the headline of what the program is, but the buying process is so difficult. Well, you've done it now. Um, yeah, I'm in. Um, the one bit of Pro 14 that I actually did see. Have you seen the Stuart Hogg incident? 
Because this this will nicely lead us on to no, uh, an incident in the Saracens Newcastle game. I will say that uh, I, there's so little rugby other than the stuff I was actually at the game to watch. But on the on the um, on the Ulster one, the one thing I wanted to say oh, was yeah. I loved the fact. Uh, I just I thought it was brilliant. The Burns family and there's so yes. many there's so many brilliant rugby yeah, families yeah. and so many brilliant rugby, um, yeah, just rugby families and in in the game and Freddie Burns having lost with Bath the night before. And I imagine—I mean, you've played at a good level, Phil. When you play a when you play a night game and you've been bashed around a bit and the adrenaline's flowing, it's quite hard to get any. Yeah, kit, right? and you normally have a bit too much caffeine, which is yeah. fine yeah. when you're playing at like three o'clock on a Saturday. But if you're playing at you're eight, buzz, nine you're buzzing at, at one a.m., lying in bed, staring at the ceiling. Yeah. Anyway, Freddie Burns' tweet: four thirty a.m. Worth it yeah. to, to, to watch Billy Burns ten make his Ulster rugby debut and a winning one at that. Hashtag pride. So proud. Uh, Hashtag softem. So yeah, so he got up at the Cracker Sparrows to head from probably Bristol Airport over to Belfast. We should do little... We should do more of them. Yes. Trips like that. I tell you what, Connacht might be a good place to visit. That's a good... That's a developing uh, rugby town. Great night out. Um, I fancy Connacht. Yeah, I'd love to go. Um, I can't think of a relevant game that'll be on anytime soon, though. Ulster? Mm. (laughs) Um, So, just, just... Yeah... Our travel patterns, we can sort out another time. <laughs> the hog, the hog. Uh, <laughs> What's the hog incident? The hog incident. So, sorry. That's right. um, Connacht, with three or four minutes to go, had a penalty from about 50 yards out. Uh, Glasgow winning at this stage by one point. They miss the penalty. Hog catches the ball. Actually, it's not even three or four minutes. It's uh, less than a minute to go. He catches the ball directly in front of the post but he's running backwards, carries the ball over the line, and then runs around for five seconds behind his own try line and touches the ball down. So he's carried it over. Yeah, I'm just watching it now. And the ref doesn't spot it and oh, gives, a, no. gives a 22. It would have been a five-metre scrum to Connacht with seconds left on the clock and them only needing a single point. Oh, and it's, and it's, say, it's saying here that the captain, John, <coughs> John Muldoon, was, was pointing this out to the referee. Well, I guess it all comes around to haunt you eventually. Uh, John Muldoon is the same captain yeah. that uh, yeah. screwed Wasps. Wasps. So, <laughs> I think you know, win some lose some, eh? Yeah, karma. That's it. This was this was karma. It took a while to to strike, but it did. Oh yeah, that is interesting. Well, that it does lead on to something that happened at Kingston Park. It does. Although Hang this, on. Th- this was fairly cut and dry. Does Muldoon still play? Oh no, John Muldoon must have been the um, commentator. It, I was going to say, I thought he was like. I thought he worked for Pat Lamb at Bristol. He no, he must have been. Oh, he must have been on commentary or or just tweeting. I'm just looking at. A, I'm just looking at a, the, the 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 video of it. I'm looking at says as pointed out by John Muldoon. Uh, Stuart Hall carried this back over his own try line. So, so be in comms then. So either in comms or whatever. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough year for Glasgow. I think they've got a very really good all round team, but just ten. They need to get someone established. Adam Hastings is the guy at the moment, but it's big shoes to fill. Peter Horn, maybe, but even the, you know he's not he's not Finn Russell. Well, did you see? So Finn Russell's brilliant win last week away at Toulon. Did you see yep. the Racing game this week? No. Nope. At home to Claremont. Mm. Did see someone with a huge Finn Russell sign though. Well, at home in that incredible indoor arena. Yep. After their phenomenal win away at Toulon, uh, Claremont. Oh, put- God, can I? You're saying they're amazing yeah. uh, arena. This is just before they come out, JB. You'll love this. So, lights out, laser show. It's like DJ Spoonie at the Am- Millennium Stadium <laughs> all over again. It's amazing. The big screen. 
I love that uh, big screen. It's so dystopian, isn't it? It's crazy. We're just black around it. No no fans on that side. Yeah, it's something. It's like um, like a Blade Runner. Yeah, (laughs) perfect. Um, So after all that, they got hammered by forty points to seventeen at home to Claremont. Yeah, Claremont mean business this season, don't they? Claremont started amazingly last year and then lost so many people. Wounded animal from last year. Yeah, very much so. With uh, Greg Laidlaw pulling the strings as well. Yeah, that's not a good home date. That's not a good uh, home debut. That's not what you want, is it? Seventeen points from Greg Laidlaw, who's keeping Morgan Parry on the bench as well. Are they just we, rotating, or is we, that Greg. legitimate? Uh, honest answer is I don't know, but he was he was given the nine shirt and was kicking sticks. Mm. Yeah, um, some weird results this week. Well, I say weird. Powell beat Toulon. Uh, Toulon cast- don't look great. Toulon with. Um, Tuisova playing at 13 Fekitor at the wing Surveyor and Liam Messam came in Do you want to know some interesting gossip about uh, Tuisova? People are talking about him going to Bath Yeah Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, That would be a hell of a fantasy rugby draft pickup mid, oh, yeah. mid-season Right, so allegedly Tuisova wants to leave Toulon because the plan was to convert him into a back row <laughs> and he's not having any of it. What? So that's why he was linked to Leon for so long. Like the fella at um, uh, La Rochelle. Oh, yeah, the, oh, the yeah. centre, Bottier, the centre, come flanker. Yeah, uh, and that's why he's that's why he's that's why he's unsettled. But obviously that hasn't happened yet. So. Well, they're moving him in, so they've moved him from fourteen to thirteen. His stint at 10 is going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a barren year for trophies. <laughs> Actually, a very quick, you just mentioned it then, JB. Just a very quick one. So we did our fantasy rugby draft on last Tuesday. I made some mistakes. Ahead of the new season. JB, well, how would you characterise your mistakes? Cause I, I There's think a few I, guys that I should have picked up and I didn't. I should have gone Marland Yard. I have no doubt that that was the wrong decision, though. <laughs> I think, uh, I definitely think Byron McGuigan would be an excellent pickup. And, I, I got um, him. Yeah? I got him. Yeah, great pickup. I also think going Von Rensburg over Luke James is also a poor decision. Mm. Other than that, pretty happy with it. <laughs> well, you've mentioned, I, I love the fact that JB's mentioned, yeah, my mistake was I didn't pick more sale players. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> because JB. You lost that on Faf, although he didn't play. No. Will, J- Will, Will Cliff's very talented. Yeah. We select, right, JB has, has chosen in his fantasy rugby draft team Denny Solomona, Sam James, AJ McGinty, Will Cliff, John O'Ross, Rohan Janzi von Rensburg, Josh Strauss. All One, excellent, two, three, excellent. four, five, six, seven steel players out of your squad of 17. Yeah, and you know, I'll just defend this with, they are the best team with ball in hand, as is proven this week by the ball in hand <laughs> stats. They made more metres per carry than any other team. Uh, they always score a lot of points, even when they lose. Uh, and this is just a blip. This is what happens first day of the season sale. Happened last year. It'll happen this, this year. They'll, they'll get progressively better, and that's going to be an absolute points fest. I, I do want to say, I think, I was definitely six out of six for my premiership predictions. I think we all were. I, I, I thought Queen. Well, you w- predicted Worcester. Oh, I did. Didn't which I? you were very well. You were very nearly were very, right on that. Very close <laughs> to. Uh, we all we all said Quins would win. I thought it would be they would just sneak it, but wow. Yeah. yeah. Now this comes back to my happiness index. Last year they were very unhappy, and I think if Gustav does one thing, just makes them smile a bit, might be might be on something here. Brings in a cuddly bear. Yeah, that's exactly. Immediately, go maybe that's what it was. Morale. Maybe it's complete. 
the, the, maybe completely misinterpreted it. It wasn't a scary defensive bear. Yeah. It was a caring, loving bear. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go through. Uh, on the fancy rugby draft, it, it was all the usual excitement. Phil, I know what, what I noticed about you was you take up the entire 90 seconds. What are you doing through that whole 90 also seconds? Also draft, weren't you? No. Well, you just waited for 90 seconds? Uh, sometimes I was running the options. Sometimes I just like to wait 90 seconds. and then Was there a spreadsheet involved in running these options? I did. I'm, I always operate on three screens as I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, I did have... I did have a small spreadsheet going. Um, I also made a few mistakes. Uh, I'm actually quite happy with my overall overall draft, despite the fact that I think for the first time in in over two seasons now, I've been the lowest point scorer in our league this week. Mm. Lower than me? Even lower than you. The beauty of fancy rugby draft, if you haven't tried it, you can still get involved and play over it, just play over one game less through the season, get your mates involved. What I love about it is it's it's one-on-one matchups each each week. You play someone else in your league. So that meant I have the really unfortunate situation of I was the second highest scorer out of all 10 teams. It's tough. And, and I, and, but I happened to be playing against the person who was the highest scorer. Yeah, well, if only it's I was playing against Phil. killer when that happens. That is tough. Mm. My, uh, was it matchups make matches or whatever it is? I'm, I'm not. I, I was. I was not happy with my drafting. Although Magic Marcus um, at fly half looks like it could a, be worth some points. Yeah. I tell you what, and Sam Simmons, Ma- Marcus Smith, and Sam Simmons yeah. were my two first picks. Uh, if if things continue, people might have missed out on a lot of Quinns players. Yeah, I mean Nathan Earl. Did Niall Morris get p- picked up? Uh, Aaron Morris. Aaron um, Morris. Yeah, Morris? Every, they all got picked up in the end. Mm. But they, some of them went very late, and uh, I think Lazowski will be the best, maybe the best pickup in the entire league. Uh, it depends, though. Here, here, and it, well, this leads into one one question. Then it depends because if Lazowski plays so well at thirteen that he becomes England's thirteen, he's Uh-oh. he's he'll be missing a few. He'll games. be missing quite yeah. a lot of games, and that means he'll be missing the same games as Owen Farrell, which means probably play a lot of the same games as Owen Farrell, which means he won't be the kicker. Mm. Very, that is a very, sharp. very good point. Very sharp. Well, what do we talk about? Well, let's, well, talk, let's about talk, about, talk about Quinns first. Yeah, Quinns. Quinns. Right. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, they right. played really well. Marcus Smith. Like everyone's, Marcus everyone's Smith. talking about Danny Cipriani. Marcus Smith was the fly half of the no, weekend. I wonder. I wonder if he will do enough to get in the England squad. Because that's on my board that he'll lead England as a fly half. You did. The you, first, you yeah, the first choice starting fly half in next year's World mm. Cup. So he was. Sensational. He is sensational, no, though, isn't he? But, I mean, when he danced through for the... So he, he scored his own try. When he danced through for the Marchant try, he was given a eight-metre gap between two sail defenders yeah. inside their own 22. John O'Ross slipped off Mark, a Marcus Smith tackle. It's like, this is... you it, On one of the tries, I think, or... Yeah, someone, one of the tries, it was like John O'Ross, who doesn't miss tackles, yeah. and was the top tackler in the whole Premiership last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he fell off a tackle and Quinn scored. So it was just a really bad day at the office for Sale. It well, was. So for that reason, I want to temper what this Quinn side actually is because a lot of people are going, see, Paul Gustav, what a difference he's made. Wait, let's so just wait. The, well, the defence wasn't ferocious, was it? I mean, that's what he promised. But again, I think Quinn's is a culture thing. He's just got to, he's got to turn around the culture. God, listen to me, culture. You love culture. You love culture. After sleeting Lancaster for so long. Yeah. Um, so, the bit that is positive for Quinns is the pack, and I've only seen the extended highlights, the 17, 18 minute version, but the pack seems to give them a very good platform. And that's something that's 
sale, they do reasonably well. Mm. Um, they've got a well-drilled, big, not huge star name, but they've got a well-drilled pack. And Quinn's beat them up. And there was times where they were getting carry after carry of Quinn's forwards, making yard after yard, and the crowd were getting behind them. And then they create the space for the backs for Marcus Smith and Marchant uh, and the rest of them to weave their magic. Benny Marchant's Taps. a bolter for England as well, isn't he? he could be. Outside. That 13 shirt is... The two uh, of them. Smith, you, Smith you, and Marchant could be uh, like your real bolter picks. You, you've, yeah. been saying, you've been talking about Marchant for years. For like ages, next Jonathan, yeah. Jonathan Joseph. Yeah, well, he's like John, Jonathan Joseph B. The, 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 the body shape, um, the style speed, of play, speed. Steppy. Yeah. Yeah. But so the the bit that I will say so positive for Quinn's on the pack. The bit exactly as you say that will temper everything is so Sale. They didn't seem like they turned up on the day. They were missing some real star power in Faf, Ashton, and um, James O'Connor. Um, and I just don't know these these one-off games. You can never read it. One-off game on a nice. This is the, exactly the kind of game that Harlequins will always like to play at home. Great conditions, nice sunny day. All of their England players are available and fresh. And fresh, yeah. Yeah, I do wonder if it's a uh, no. It doesn't really count, I guess, because it's a different coaching setup. Well, no, it's not completely different, is it? Uh, there are some lads that are still there, but not many. If Nick Evans just has just knows Diamond too well. You know, because if you looked at last year's game, uh, it was the Nick Evans strategy of you know the little box kicks and stuff. He just knew what Sale were going to do, and they were be- they were better coached on that day. And I wonder if there's an element of that, just having a team's number. Maybe, maybe. Mm. Well, I think so, we'll, it'll be a few weeks till we see the best. If it was Sale at side. the AJ Bell Stadium, raucous AJ Bell in Stadium, the th- second week of December. Again, that's the, if if Quinns turn up and play a game like that then then you know they're the real deal so something that we threatened to mention before mm. not about uh certain journalists about uh an incident a tri-line incident at oh yeah um is, yeah. newcastle He's, you were leading this on from finn russell so that one was just a, the finn russell one was the referee made a mistake not spotting that finn russell had carried the ball over his Stuart own Hogg. line Stuart Hogg, Stuart Hogg. yeah carried the ball over his own line correct but yeah, it is an interesting talking point in this one up at Kingston Park. It's got people really divided. It has. I think I know the answer to this. Well, so but, let me just recap yeah. what happened and then you can go for it, JB. So, um, Owen Farrell tries a drop kick. Ball bounces into the dead ball area. Nicky Gonover collects the ball and with his back to play, reaches down as if to put the ball down onto the ground, but puts the ball onto the top of his foot. Turns around, the qu- the Saracens team all stop as if he's, as if he's you know touched the ball down. Gone over jog, starts sort of speeding up and running. Tempest doesn't blow the whistle, which says twenty two, and Gone over starts galloping as up he the gets, pitch. Yeah, as he gets close to the twenty two, he starts accelerating yeah. down the right wing, and and then ha- we didn't have a clear run to the try, so everyone's described it as Gone over scored a try. Yeah, no, no. there was still men to beat, but. I fancy his chances. There's a massive... Uh, this has turned into a really big talking point. Go on, JB. So I think it's fairly un- uncontroversial. His dummy, his ploy, was so devious that it actually worked too well and fooled the referee. Where the referee got this wrong was then calling it back for... What was, this, what was the phrase he used? 
uh, effectively unsporting behaviour. Yeah, and I think that actually is what's got people riled. Is it unsporting? I think well, that's why it's a, a big s- deal. Some people are saying yes. Some people are completely agreeing with that. Well, well they're, our, our, they're our, wrong. Our friend of the pod, Nick Mullins. Um, uh, and what does Nick say before I form my opinion? <laughs> 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 no, no, he says he doesn't like it and he, he doesn't think it's in the spirit of the game. And well, um... doesn't seem any difference of dummying the ball to me. Well, that's where I am. There's, there's a huge... People have said, oh, no, you're trying to deceive the opposition. Well, if you if you throw a dummy or if you sidestep, yeah, do you want yes, the, exactly like, what I'm doing. When you formulate a game plan, yeah, when your line-out calls, ninety percent of Jamie Roberts' runs are to deceive the <laughs> or to deceive the opposition. I I think that is being a bit disingenuous. Or, or it's not looking at the full picture to say, oh no, you shouldn't you shouldn't deceive the opposition. Well, I'll give another um, scenario here, which I think this is like, and I think you've hit the nail on the head, JB, perfectly. I think Ian Tempest, who actually got the big decisions right in this game, generally speaking, I think, um, had he said, I called a 22, Nicky. Uh, I, I thought you put the ball down. You looked like you put the ball down. Exactly as you said. Yeah. You, did it it, you, you did it too well. I didn't I didn't realise. Um, so yeah. I've got I've called a 22, so we've got, we're going to have to go through with that. Yep. Then I don't think anyone would be talking about it. Agreed. Yeah, and also, like, Ian Tempest is in, well within his rights to be informed or to know what is going on in the game. Because should Gonover show, turn around and then start sprinting and start to go, guys go, what's happening? Ian Tempest needs to be in a position to say, play on, play on, play on, carry on. He needs to be able to communicate that. If he doesn't have the information at hand, how can he? Well, Ian Tempest can't... He can't re- just because Gonover's running through and he, and even if, if in Ian Tempest's head he went, oh, he didn't touch it down and he started running, he's already said... 22. 22. Yeah. Whistle. So you cut, that's it. It's yeah. done. Whistle sacrosanct. Yeah. You can't undo it, that. Yeah. So you, so you, you can't. Yeah. Nothing wrong if, with his decision. I, no. I, I, I wouldn't have phrased it like that. I said, look, you did it too well. Yeah. You fooled yeah. me. Well done. Yeah. That's how good you are. And it's, there's probably a learning point for Gonover out of this. Yeah. Tell the ref. Have a word with the ref before the game. Before the game. Because we've all played in games where you've got a special ploy like the uh, not contesting. Um, driving more from a line out, for running, example, and running around the back. Yeah, yeah. the you have to, although if you don't do it, you're, you're kind of stupid. Just tell, say, say to the ref beforehand, look, we're going to deploy this at some point during the game. Is that okay? Are you happy with that? And ref will always say yes. And now I'm aware of it. Now I'm aware of it. So for any uh, kind of play, budding any, cheats, well, yeah, budding cheats, <laughs> budding, budding deceptionists <laughs> out there. If you're going to do the, try this next weekend, have a word with the referee first. Exactly. Well, he, so here's a scenario. And uh, do you think Neil Bag had a word with the referee before he knocked the? <laughs> <out> <laughs> <against> <laughs> uh, well, here's a scenario that, that could happen any time, and um, we saw Dan Bigger kick the ball into touch a couple of times in the Northampton game. If a ball goes straight into touch, what does everyone start doing without even thinking? What, 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 oh, what, running towards where the ball is. Running towards where the ball is, like, and then the ball's landed dead. What, what, where Sorry, what, what, so just tell so, me the question. So, so uh, kick off. Yeah, it's from a kick off specifically. Kick off specifically people, from people a kick off. Specifically middle. from a kick off. Let's say you're on the field and you're playing. Your team's kicking off. You've you've kicked it straight into touch. What are you thinking you're doing next? Scrum mid midfield. Right. Mm-hmm. So everyone, without even thinking, starts honey out the starts honey potting, ambling as if it's oh well, it's a scrum. Yeah. What's the actual law? You can, you've got the option to take a line out or scrum. You, you you can take a line out anywhere behind the halfway line or a scrum. The very first World Cup, New Zealand scored a try by exactly this method. Ball went straight into touch. John Kerwin and the scrum half 
run up to halfway, do a quick five-metre pass, and they run in, and everyone else is on halfway, ready for a scrum. But they would have had to have said to the ref, look, ref, if it goes into touch, we might do a quick line-out, just so you know. Because refs quite often go, scrum. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, actually, it's the team's choice. You can have a a line-out on halfway if you want. And so the other bit to that is you would have to catch the ball. Because if... If the ball bounces, goes into the crowd. You can't yes, take. If someone absolutely. else touches it, yeah. you can't take a quick line. All those out. normal rules apply. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, hmm. that is like interesting. That. Yeah, I've got the problem. There you with go. It. There you go. New season. Talk H. Have that as your little. Uh... Yeah. Well, well, two coaching tips for you there, JB. Perfect. Well, Talk H this week um, went grappling. We did two hours of grappling. So no, no game. So you see, that's the, that's the Eddie Jones method. You are the Eddie Jones of <laughs> South Manchester yeah, local rugby. Exactly. Any, any broken ankles? Well, I did look around and we decided to go grappling because, frankly, looking at my team, I think I've got two or three lads which are completely disposable. So we were, we were okay by numbers. <laughs> survival of the fittest. Yeah, survival of the fittest. Like, do you know the Roman army? Do you know where the phrase decimation comes from? No. I think it was the Roman army. It was it what, certainly, it was some army. It might be uh, ancient... I don't know where it's from. Decimation is the art of one in every hundred or ten. I don't know one of them. Okay. Just gets killed routinely. Just like, uh, uh, there you go. Oh, yeah, decimated. One in ten, surely. One in ten. So we're going to kill one in ten just because then we think, well, we'll just keep the strongest. We'll make sure we stay strong. Exactly. That is no word of a lie. Exactly the same as the HSBC recruitment policy on natural wastage, which is literally decimation, <laughs> 10% go every year. I've got a friend that worked for Vodafone, and for the last five years, he's been hoping for... for <laughs> decimation. Uh, for, for redundancy, and they get rid of 5% every year. Is that right? I think something like that. They get rid of the bottom so 5%. So when a team is decimated, <laughs> technically it should be pretty easy to deal with. You know, a squad of 40, four lads are out, big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, you but know, the, don't you, worry about being decimated. Get rid of the weakest four. Yeah, yeah, even better. Your worst four are gone. <laughs> so, absolutely, yeah, absolutely fine. But yeah. yeah, we went up to Stealth Jiu Jitsu in, Old, in Oldham. Highly, then, highly recommend it. Then for a few beers? Then for a few beers. And more on that story later. <laughs> <laughs> You've been given a lot of hints. A lot of hints and teases. Mm. <laughs> um, any other talking points? So, I, th- I actually think you got that on the money, JB. I think you're, I completely agree. Yeah, uh, not from that. Thing. Other than Saracens race, Saracens just looked re- really good. I have a th- I've had a thought. Okay, I've had a really good thought. Um, London Irish went down. They lost their two starting wingers. Coconut Singer went w- uh, one way. Um, I keep wanting to call him Seb Jewell. I don't know why. Lewington. Uh, Lewington went over to um, Saracens. Who do you think has been paid more out of those two? Out of who? Sorry, say again. Coconut Singer and Lewington. Oh, I co- uh, Cockin' a singer. I'd say Cockin' a singer, guess. which is insane. Probably, because part of this is about future potential. So Lewington is twenty-seven. Is he that old? No, he's not that old. No, he's. I'd say twenty-four. Is he that young? Yeah. So God. Lewington is maybe twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-six. Okay. Uh, twenty-seven in two weeks. Another right, <laughs> oh, <okay>. right. <laughs> Uh, another one of those Leicester Academy players that they let go. Yeah. Went to Nottingham. Yeah. It, well, I think it was, um, yeah. Yeah, good point. Went to Nottingham, then to Saracens. No, then to uh, Irish. So Saracens will get far more value out of Lewington than Cockney Singer going to Bath. Cockney Singer but, is... Well, it's all about potential, isn't it? Is it? Because people keep telling me how good Cockney Singer is. And he had a couple of good runs, maybe, but for it, Bath? It was partly Bath's game plan. They just they didn't seem well. Partly game plan, partly execution. 
They didn't seem to want to or seem capable of bringing two of the most talented, or yeah. two of the most potentially most talented wingers in the league into the game. Completely. Neither, yeah. neither of them got the option. Um, the reason I say potential is Cockney Singer is he's 20. Yeah. He's huge. He, he's enormous. He's fastest run- GPS scores I've ever seen, allegedly. Yeah. Which 115 kg, as they kept repeating mm-hmm. on Friday over night. Over and over again. Um, is very, very impressive. But and- this is the problem with him, right? Which is, everyone tells me what future potential he's got. I watched him in the Premiership last year, and he was not slow physically, but all his decision-making seemed to yeah. step behind everyone else's. And that's not changed. Lewington is razor-sharp. And if you look at their metres made last year, the tries they scored last year, Lewington is by far the better player for the Premiership. Well, well Lewington was impressive last right. year. Playing for the side that got relegated. Yeah, yeah for the same t- for the same team. Yeah, they played for the same team. And but, one is probably on double what the, what the other one's on somehow. But Lewington is as good as he's going to get. Do you know who the truly world class individual is in all this? The agent. Yeah, Co- Cognizant <laughs> agent. I mean, he he so is selling worth a potential. Lot of money. Yeah, yes, selling potential is is the dream. Exactly. Um, so on the um, on the Saracens situation, as you say they were impressive. What what struck me was just how two wingers off injured. Uh, two backs in the Simbin, and they just seem dead calm. Yeah. yeah. Don't care, do they? It's, yeah. uh, it's really impressive. Did they, yeah. Right. I've not, I've not seen you struggle often. I don't think you struggled today, actually. But those boys in the interview, they were hard work. Who? Lewington yeah. and, and Skelton. Skelton. They didn't give much away, did they? Well, yeah, Skelton. It was Skelton like, in particular was. Yeah, uh, it was like, yeah, 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 it was, uh, yeah I had fun. Yes. Right. Um, yeah, pr- pretty tired now. Yeah, yeah. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty tired. Okay, well. Oh, well. Guess we'll wrap it up there then, Will. <laughs> Off we go. Yeah. How does that compare to uh, an angry Steve Diamond denying si- signing? Who would you Marlon rather? Yard? Would you rather interview Steve Diamond every week or rather interview Skelton? Skelton? I would love to chat to them both equally. <laughs> equally. Um, but I, I love big characters in. In sport and um, no bigger than Steve Diamond. Yeah, he's he's fantastic for the sport and and Steve Diamond's a massive character. Will Skelton is a massive man. Yeah, absolute giant of a man. And um, twenty odd kg lighter than he yeah. was when he first arrived. Phenomenal. So um, we've had a little poll up earlier because on this Saracens performance, one man who really impressed and a lot of people are talking about is Alex Lazowski. Um And so we put up a little poll um, and said. If you had to select today, assuming everybody was fit, the England outside centre, who would you pick? 38% said Alex Lazowski, 30% said Elliot Daly, 19% Jonathan Joseph and 13% Henry Slade. Didn't include Manu because he hasn't played enough games yet. Didn't include Marchant because mm-hmm. I thought, well... that. No, would... I think he got the right four. Not not Sam James. Um, yeah, you could have included Sam James. <laughs> he does, he's, again, he's a diff, different sort of player. <laughs> well, he was in the England training squad. Exactly. But, he was. Um, Alex Lazowski, England's 13. What do you think? Um, I think it's an amazing shout. And this is, I'm, I'm all in favour of this. I think Alex Lazowski is often the best player on the pitch in his second best position. That's, that's how good he is. Um, he's fast. I tell you what, the, the thing people don't rate him for particularly is his tenacity. He's seriously tenacious. He's so- he hits solid. hard. Yeah. He hits really hard. He's quite a deceptively quite a big unit actually when you stand next to him as well he's a, he's a mm. I mean, he doesn't look big at all but yeah, a few he's, years ago he absolutely he's, he's robust I'll say uh, that. He, yeah. he absolutely decimated uh, 
Wasn't literally it? decimated. Literally decimated. Decimated the Newcastle team. Uh, yeah. No, who who was it that you tackled? Uh, big number eight for Wasps. Hughes. Hughes. Absolutely smashed him everywhere. It was yeah. Really Fafter Clark oh, smashed Nathan Hughes. Did he smash him? Or did he smash Billy Vanapola? I can't remember. Why, why would he be smashing Billy Vanapola? Because he used to play for Wasps. Oh, uh, okay. One way or the other, he smashed a massive <laughs> England eight, and it, uh, and it was impressive. But he's fast. You know, he can pass. I mean, I do think that um, I do think that Flyhoffs converting to thirteen actually is almost more natural in some ways than converting than 12. to twelve. Well, it depends how you're going to play your centre setup. Whether you have the distributor as the thirteen or the twelve, and both both can work very well. Mm. Yeah, I, I like him at 13 a lot. I think he's a cracking player. Um, a, a bunch of people have been in touch on Twitter, so I'll just rattle through a few of these. Complete toffee, our mate there, says, uh, given that pass, shouldn't you be upgrading sippers to platinum wrists? Correct. Definitely. Um, at and, least platinum. And he said, and it bloody is Gloucester's year. We, we will see. Uh, yeah. Too early to say right Too now. Too early to say. We'll make a judgment call. I'll tell you when will be a good time to make it. After the first round of European games. Yeah. When you see... When Fight, fighting in, on two fronts. Yeah, when Creel's in with them, when Mostart's there with them, we'll have a really good idea. And uh, Louch, Mostart probably still won't be there because he'll be on Autumn Internationals. <laughs> we, we don't need to talk at yeah. depth about any of these, but Louch JD, it just ties into what we were just saying about outside centre. He said, why is the oh. love for Slade only Devon-based? Um, well, because they like tal- him more. I think that would be, that'd be the obvious answer. They like him he's, more. He's, 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 been, Devon. he's been phenomenal for Exeter for a few years. But, he's, he's not replicated it from what I've seen in a an England jersey. Yeah, he's very, very he's, good. he's had some good chances for England as I'm well. Not, but I'm not even I'm not even sure the most ardent Devertonian, if that's what you call them, would pick Slade in their starting Exeter 15. Oh, they love him. And I, I love him, and he's so good for Exeter. So, Simmons? Uh, Simmons or Steenson. Or Steenson. Devoto... For, I, I, I love so then maybe maybe yeah maybe he's thirteen. I'd probably have I would have him as thirteen, which is where he's played most of his rugby. Yeah, um, yeah. and I'd have Devoto or Sam Hill at twelve. Devoto's class. I hope he has a good, good, good yeah. year. And this thirteen shirt is is maybe one of the when you look at rugby twenty years ago versus rugby now, the role of that thirteen is maybe one of the biggest differences on the field. Yeah, but it's interesting because you get all... Tyndall was England's thirteen when they won the World Cup. Uh, I thought Tyndall played 12. No, it was Greenwood. Greenwood 12 and Tyndall 13. Didn't they just yeah. wear any jersey, though? But they, yeah. They, I, I, they, would, eat, they would play, because they would stand inside and outside, and depending be, on how they and played. And to be fair, Gus Scott was an outside centre, so he's in the classic mould, the outside break, which is yeah. still, yeah. yeah and, so I'm uh, talking rubbish. But ignore, it, 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 it depends. You get all different types of 13s, from someone like Manu, who plays there, to someone like Conrad Smith, who's just, he's... Not the biggest, not the quickest, not the strongest, but who reads is, the game so well. Who is the closest equivalent, right, to Will Greenwood today playing rugby? So, distributor, outside break. Yeah, you're right, Greenwood did play a lot of rugby at 13. 13. Um, I, I said before, maybe Malander. Malander, yes. Real, but, but real not, smart rugby brain. The yeah. Incredible distributor. It. Yeah, it's it's the real smart rugby brain at all times knowing what to do. Yeah. The Greenwood, his speed of thought, which you mentioned before about uh, Kokonasiga, was second to none. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Similar to someone like Bod, where Bod is, was always a step ahead 
in terms of thinking what's going to happen next. Sam James is not dissimilar to uh, <laughs> to Greenwood. Long, rangy, very clever, good distribution, no, played 10. <laughs> Maybe this is it. There isn't anyone at that level. Because if you were talking about New Zealanders... You know, you could say, well, Geordie Barrett could, could play there. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've got to have the height as well. That's unusual for him. Yeah, because Greenwood's 6'4". Yeah, it's so funny. Sonny Bill Williams. Um, I know. No. Too powerful. Yeah. yeah. So, the funny, thing is, the funny thing is about Will Greenwood, right? There was a Times article. Get more on that later. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to have to stop teasing. Yeah. And in the article, they were saying, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, uh, Wood would such a um, dynamic thinker. It wouldn't surprise us if we had Will Greenwood going up there. I mean, he's, he's already there at six foot four. That's like, you know, averagely sized back row now. Small <laughs> back row. Like, the, the progression of the sizes of the lads is just unbelievable. Mm. Will Greenwood was like one of the tallest guys in the team. Mm. We didn't even mention Henry Trinder in that 13 um, discussion. Oh, yeah. So there's Trinder. a... If it, there's a lot God, of he's been, fit, he's been fit for a few consecutive games, has old Trinder. Yeah. Well, one one point which um, uh, Ben K made in the Times, more on that later, um, <laughs> was uh, that the uncertainty in a bunch of positions is actually going to drive some significant performances for some of these clubs. Because, say, for example, there 100%. are a lot of open jerseys, like yeah, 13 seven, seven, and one. Thir- 7 and 13 and 1 that we've mentioned today. Yeah. Definitely. So there's going to be loads for us to talk about. Can't wait. Can't wait. That's what it's all about. Um, The final game, final premiership game that we've not spoke about. Worcester Wasps. Worcester Wasps. Didn't see it, so I can't really say anything about it. Again, I've watched the extended highlights. Um, Oh, the Dan Robson pass. Oh, my word. That offload back to Tommy Taylor. Oh, yeah. Wow. In the corner for the the try. How did he do it? Yeah, that was very, very good. That's it. Um, it was it's, it's it's like a magic trick. I don't know how he passed the ball. <laughs> I've watched it a few times and cannot work out how Dan Robson did it. I almost think it was was it because he was he was being tackled into touch. Yeah, he was wasn't being he? tackled into touch. I almost I'm not 100 percent sure it was was it intended to be exactly like that or was the part of it the ball was dislodged. Well, that would explain it, it at least. It, <laughs> that would be an explanation it was, if it was a total if, fluke. If he meant to do that, <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal anyway. Um... So this game, again, only seen the extended highlights, no, nothing more than that. Um, Worcester looked very good and very solid. 13-0 up, weren't they? All round, yeah. Um, they then, from what I've read, seem to have... So they had uh, Fire Saliva, who got yellow carded. Um, and they had a load of, from what I've read, a load of injuries as well. They ended up with Hard on the wing... And they end up with John O'Lance packing down at... Yes, at, at flanker. At flanker. Oh um, and Wasps eventually came back into it, despite not playing well at, at all. And it was up to Billy Searle, um, who with 10 minutes to go slotted a penalty to put them ahead. Then Worcester had... So it was a, a hoo-hard... Hoo-hard. Collected it from a, a cross-field kick and got hauled down a few yards from the try line, and they knocked it on, and then had another chance a couple of minutes later, and Duncan Weir, Duncan Weir pulled the drop goal. a drop goal to the left-hand side. That, I did see that bit, actually. From 20 yards out, right in front, with there was pressure on him, but you should be slotting those. And it's... So I can't help but feel... So Wasps definitely undercooked in this performance. They're missing some key key players across the park, but they should be winning this. 
Worcester to get themselves in that position at home against an undercut Was team, they're in, they will be very important points to have lost As, come the end of the season. Alan Solomons was not happy. I'm not surprised. Uh, it sounded like a very very tough interview at the at the end of the game. Um, do you think we had? Do you think you got the worst of the ref? And he just said to the interviewer, "You tell me." Penalty, penalty to say it all. Something like that. Not a happy man. Well, Wasps as well. So they they have got some incredible talent. And I, the reason I'm uh, bringing this up is because I had three of that incredible talent in my uh, fantasy rugby draft team. Oh, right. And none of them did anything. Perfect. <laughs> they didn't bring the talented players into the game. So it's a bit, bit frustrating. Uh, I'm sure Dai Young will correct that going forward. Right, we've we've covered off all of the rugby, and if you're still with us right now, uh, do, no, do we do predictions? Do we, should we do predictions? Oh yeah, let's first. do predictions. Quite right, quite right, quite right. So, Pro 14 first. Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. We have got on Friday night. This will be a good game. Two wins from the first round. Glasgow at home to Munster, who had a stonking 38-0 win they against did. the Cheetahs. They did. Glasgow. So we've seen this game a number of times over the years. There's a bit of history as well with some red cards and some yeah, tremendous... Yeah, it, it is a cracking this, fixture. This, this, is really, this is a great fixture. This is a really I good fixture. I hope it's a full-blooded encounter in terms of line Why is it on it? Hold on. Friday is, is my Friday at half eight? Uh, I've got 7.35. I've got 8.35. I wonder if it's... You in foreign, lang- foreign uh, maybe. location? Central European yeah. time, maybe. Yeah, I am. Um, Give me Glasgow at home. I'll go Glasgow at home. I think this could be this is Tasty one that could be an upset. That. Yeah, that'll be a really good game. We've also got Ulster hosting Edinburgh, who had a, so Edinburgh had a bad loss to Ospreys. I have seen the two George North tries. George North, who looks like I, I've not heard any of the comms. If they were talking about Skelton losing weight, it looks like George North has slimmed down. He looked razor sharp. Really, for those two tries. What watch the two tries? Will one do. one from sixty yards out as well. Hmm. So good. Yeah. Good. Um, but Ulster at home, again, oh. I'm going to say Ulster to beat Edinburgh. Agreed. Let's go Dragons, Ulster. Kings. Dragons. Yeah. Dragons. Oh, Dragons, Kings. Connacht, Zebra. Connacht. Connacht. Ospreys, Cheetahs. Ospreys. Ospreys. Scarlet's Leinster. Good game. Glasgow, Munster and Scarlet's Leinster. Great fixtures. Now Scarlet's are missing 14 players. Are oh, they really? In- injuries. Yeah. So I tell you they, what, last game was decimated. Last game is genuinely, genuinely going to be a good game. Today's word of the pod is decimated. By yes. the way. <laughs> yeah, one in ten of their players, the weakest ones with <laughs> um, Treviso at home face Cardiff Blues. I think this is a genuinely good game. I keep saying genuinely because I'm trying to convince everyone else it's going to be a good game. <laughs> I'm and not myself. 100% convinced. It, it, it is. Your beloved Benetton have the chance to win. Uh, you know, going to Benetton's never easy. So, uh, so Leinster away, are we saying? Uh, I don't I, know. No, I'm, uh, yeah, I am oh. saying Leinster yeah. away. Yeah, give me yeah. Leinster away. Yeah. Treviso at home. Treviso at home. Yeah. Give yeah. Him, give on, me him. Two from two. Um, we also have the Rugby Championship. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we've got New Zealand at 8.35am hosting Argentina. Okay, great. Which is going to be a New Zealand win. And then the more interesting game this week will be Australia who have got Falau back in their squad. Palotinau and Tamu will be on the plane right now. Oh, that is brutal. <laughs> that is I mean, brutal. it's said so, you if you like Netflix, uh, isn't it? I was, I was watching 
that Leicester team, particularly in the second half, and Plotter now was their best carrier. <laughs> so you got goes a, 33, on a 33-year-old hooker who's just travelled 20,000 miles in the last two weeks. Uh, and he was comfortably their best carrier. Anyway. People talking about rugby shouldn't be laughing at Leicester Tigers. <laughs> no. It's they've fallen so far. Leicester Tigers should not be... It should not be a byword for a joke. So who's going to win? Australia, South Africa? In Australia. In Australia. God, that really is a big flight for those two, isn't it? Yeah. Australia for Jeez. me. So I, I think... I, I said it last week, you could end up with the home teams of that, mm. that round robin. Argentina, Australia, South Africa, the home team winning each game. Yeah. So give me Australia. Yeah, I'll go Australia. Yeah, I can see Argentina racking up some points against New Zealand early doors and then getting hammered second half. Yeah. That's how that one goes. Yeah, that sounds like every New Zealand game for the last however long. Yeah, so that's pretty much guaranteed. That's that's guaranteed, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Really? Yeah. New Zealand to score forty unanswered points in the last thirty minutes. Yeah, more than a point, more than a point a minute. Yep. Right, Premiership. Here, Here we go. go. The Gallagher Premiership. Tim, how, what do you think to the new merch, the Gallagher Premiership medals that you got to hand out? Uh, well, there was there was a Viva Premiership medals last, was season, last season. What was it last season? Yeah. Was it because before that it was the yellow bottle of Prosecco or whatever yeah, it was? Yeah, last season there were medals. Um, uh, I, it's fine. Whatever the, whatever the sponsor wants is what <laughs> the sponsor wants. Uh, okay, so... What do you think? So what about this? <laughs> I quite like this, the ceremonial bottle of something. I, yeah, I like ceremonial bottle, but I do also like the trinket. One of the best ones that I've ever seen, and it might still happen now, Super League... All the best stories come from Super League. <laughs> All the most tin pot stories yeah. come from Super Tissot League. Tissot watches, right? Sponsored Super League. So I think you're like the Tissot man of the match. Now, if you're a good player and you get lots of man of the matches, what are you going to do with all these watches? <laughs> the and same I, watch Yeah, the same times. watch. And I don't think... I mean, I, I, I might be talking out of school here, right? I don't think that it's the top brand... The, you know, top of the range Tissot. So you've probably got like a, like a, a fair to middling watch. 300 quid worth of... Tissot. Yeah, and you've got 20 of them. <laughs> what are you going to do with them? eBay. eBay. Yeah. When you retire, just get yourself a Mac, attach them to the inside of your coat, <laughs> yeah. go to the pub, open them up, open up your shirt, open up your top. You'd understand, wouldn't you, if, it's, if they're sponsored by Rolex, you'd be all over it. But they're not. That would be an expensive uh, gift to give do out. You know what? I bet it's not, though. I bet it's not for Rolex as a, as a sponsor. I want to I have like the, uh, the Super <laughs> yeah, Bowl true. every single week. Just have, roll, have a car. <laughs> oh, you yeah. are the Land Rover man of the match. Do you just sit sit them in their car. Super Bowl rings. R- oh yeah, the, rings the, are... the Gallagher man of the match ring. That'd be quite cool. If you got ten rings, and hey, I, that, no, what that would is... I have to go down on on one knee and put <laughs> yeah. it on them? Now that is something actually that we can get the uh, audience involved with to tweet us what we think we can give man, the man of the match because not enough thought has gone into this. The I could understand if any player. I, I, felt a bit odd about a medal because that feels like what that's what you get when you really win yeah. uh, an Olympic gold or yeah. whatever. But they seem to be happy to be man of the match and I'm delighted that, and to Alaga on board <laughs> and I think hell. it's great. What about they wheel out a tailor <laughs> immediately after and they tailor them a jacket. Do you, do you like the Masters? Oh, I love it. And like, <laughs> and, and it have, In that sky blue yeah, of the yeah. Gallagher brand. Actually, that's a good point, right? So we either go for a generic... Um, a generic cloth, which is a Gallagher one, and that's the same for everyone. Yeah. Or my plan, which I obviously prefer, is we decide on the 
on the jacket before the game, and it has to have piping of both the, of both the teams on it. Ah, nice. So every jacket is potentially well, not every jacket is unique, but they're quite unique. Could you have? You know how you get a. Uh... Uh, some teams have put a little star on there or whatever yeah. or a trophy symbol oh, to signify a trophy yes. over the course of a season you could have like a little sky blue star on your kit somewhere for every oh, man of the match that, no, like on your jacket the, so first no, no, of all you get your, the jacket on your kit on, on your kit so below the the Saracens badge below the Harlequins badge as I'm uh, wearing it on you my, could be around it in vest. a circle if you had ten of them yeah you get so and they reset at the start of uh, each season that's very very good I that, really but, like that do you know, idea but I actually right I'm going to just stick to my guns here and say you get a different amount of the match and then you get additional stars yeah and you can have it on your shirt too and the jacket I think you just, just accumulate them I think yeah. you just accumulate them what well, the, the other part of this is uh, you can run on it, an old Italian man who can stitch it on it, <laughs> that, that that thing the, the idea of there's something on your jersey it's kind of counter it's counter the general ethos of a team. Yeah, but they have the international badges now. Well, they've had so, that for Bath were the first yeah, ones to have that. They had that years ago, 10, 15. Yeah. But it doesn't I make do, you right. I do like that. I like that a lot. And then France, they have the opposition's flag on their... Very confusing. In the middle of the chest yeah. on their kit. <laughs> Who's playing again? That is, that is a little bit confusing. I quite like those little details, though. I'd, I'd have it on the short, on the arm, on the shoulder, so it's not on the on the chest, and I'd have... Maybe, like military not, maybe not stars, but maybe something like notches or so, something. NFL have got a strange thing, right? And it's the captaincy badge. Oh, that's obvious. They actually sew the captaincy badge. So a the defensive chest. captain and yeah. attacking captain. And yeah. Someone explain the star system to me, because I'm sure that I've seen lads with three and a half stars. Why the half star? <laughs> it's like McDonald's. Yeah, and it's, like, their, it's their, um, ra- it's served, their rating it? on, I don't know. I thought it was years served. They're, they're rating on, um, um, what's it called? TripAdvisor. Ah. <laughs> now anyway, we're, I, I feel we're, we're, we're way off. So let's quickly rattle through these predictions because we've yes. got something else to mention. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So Friday, 7th of September, 7.45, Northampton hosts Harlequins. So this um, will be a better test of yeah. where Harlequins are. And Northampton. And, and Saints, yeah. I think it's a toss-up. I can't call this. Uh, Chris Boyd was very unhappy with his Northampton team. They made a lot of mistakes. Northampton narrowly. I think Northampton at home. Wasps Exeter. What do you think, Phil? On the Northampton Quins. Oh, sorry. I think Quin. I think Quins are going to ride a bit of a wave. They've got the the culture going. They've got their inflatable or their giant cuddly bear. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, give me Quins. All right. Two Wasps. o'clock Saturday. Wasps Exeter. Exeter. Big. Exeter as well. Big. So Sopoanga. So is Sopoanga going to be available? No, I, I think he doesn't play till the start of October. Oh, wow. There's an enforced rest period after the end of Super Rugby. So I think they're not thinking of playing him. I think the plan is not to play him before October. So they've not got him and they've not got Shields. Correct. So Billy Searle is the guy at the moment. The tent. I'd who, love who him took, to... took his penalty very well. Yeah, I love see, I love this sort of stuff. I hope he plays really well for the next couple. Of, I mean, I would happily like to see Wasps win for Billy Souls have a good game and keep the keep the shirt. I I love that sort of story, like Willie Beeman, exactly. So, but even even though I think that and I'd like that to happen, Exeter are going to win. Yeah, I cannot see past Exeter. 
Yeah. Leicester Newcastle. This is a test. This, this is another good one. This is a really good a one. A test of just, just how bad Leicester are. I think Leicester are going to win this. I disagree and think Newcastle will beat them. Hmm. In uh, Watford Road. And that, is, that is the end of Matt O'Connor. That, is, this is Matt, that's Matt O'Connor. that might be Matt O'Connor's last game. Surely not. Yeah, that could, that that's it. I'm Hear not, me now. Believe me later. I'm not having this. Yeah, I'm not having it either. But it doesn't uh, matter if you're having it or not. <laughs> and I think that Leicester will win as well. Yeah, not happening, boys. Then three, the other three o'clock kickoff. Uh, this this will really test just how good Bristol are. They travel to Allianz Park and to face the Saracens or Saracens. The Saracens? The Saracens. Saracens. Trying that game plan against Saracens will be ballsy. The most suffocating of defences. <laughs> I tell you what, though. <laughs> if it was Pat Lamb, he never deviated with his, with his Connacht team. It didn't matter who, who the opposition were, what the defence was, they're going to play that way. True. So it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, hearing <laughs> Pat Lamb talk, I could listen to Pat Lamb talk all day. He talks... Well, he, he sounds like someone... He could be talking about... Um, a blue chip business. He could mm. be talking about being a, 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 a CEO in a blue chip business or being a director of rugby in a rugby club. He talks in generalities that are really universal. Well, generalities that are universal. He talks in universalities and just him saying, I just want everyone to enjoy themselves. I want absolute clarity. I want everyone to know exactly what their job is. I want us all to be going and buying into a shared vision so we're not all trying to do different things. Um, it's it's so great. I love it. I love hearing him talk. He's the kind of bo- boss you sort of think, I would love to play for you. Did you see his um, interview with the BBC where he said two th- he said two things that he got the players to do, which has brought them together as a team? Well, which, no, one's, which, a hand, one's a certain handshake. One's, the, ha- one's the handshake. Oh, oh, hang on. Is it, do they shoot something? Uh, they might do. It's not the bit that stood out. The bit that stood out was... so. <laughs> Uh, he asked a couple of guys to come up with a handshake for the team uh, and it's like a chain connecting us <laughs> so we become strong checking ev- checking, if <laughs> everyone is, checking if everyone is alright or going for a coffee <laughs> so can you tell from the handshake whether someone's okay or they want a coffee <laughs> sorry I know it's a podcast I should be verbal I'm just shaking my head <laughs> um, I'm shaking heads the other thing he asked, which you are going to hate, because uh, it's kind of what you used to. It's one of the things that you used to slag off uh, Lancaster for. He then asked everyone else to do a PowerPoint about what's important oh to my them. God, you find the guy what the guys oh my do and do not know about each other. Do you know? Like the problem is with these things, right? Is there are only certain things you can say. So if it's personal to you, you can't be an arse, right? You can't talk about yourself. So if it's personal to you, you've got to stand up there and go. This is my daughter. This is my wife. They're important to me. They're my rock. They're my foundation. You know, anyone didn't do that, you, you'd be an asshole, right? But I genuinely would say, what is important to you? Well, me. You know, here's some things of <laughs> me being. Why do you do this? Because you know, it make, uh, it, it makes me feel good. I like the attention. I like the fame. I like the money. You know, these are the things that I probably really drive them. Rather, it's just nonsense. It's like the old England shirt when it's like write down a message. On the English That's shirt. the Lancaster thing. Yeah, I mean, mine would always be, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> I think what Pat Lamb's getting at uh, is you can't create these bonds just on the training pitch, on the rugby pitch. 
Agreed. It's bigger Which than that, that. Yeah, that is a very good point. And that, that's where I think he's right in, in this stuff. I, Take I do a like beer, though. Don't waste yeah. my time with soy latte. So we'll see how far the handshake and the PowerPoint presentations get Bristol away at Saracens. Now, just so you know, I think I might have seen his handshake, and I think they do it in a group as well, and it's like... Back of the hand. No, 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 it's this. Oh, is it? I'll show you. So you tap the back of the hand, and then... It's so awkward And then then you grip the forearm of the man. It's so awkward. What's wrong with a handshake? I mean, so so you're telling me that 36-year-old John O'Foe and 38-year-old George Smith are doing that? (laughs) Actually, probably. Probably. They are from... um, New Zealand and Australia, respect, respectively, they don't they really get the get the sort of etiquette stuff. Um, the do you know do you know what would be re- truly unique in the world of stupid handshakes? What Northampton did a few years ago, they look each other in the eye and then do a very gentlemanly handshake. That would do it for me. I'd like that. I'd enjoy it. I like that. Or or what's that? Or a cock tap. Cock tap. <laughs> the exit to cock tap. So good, that isn't it? That's as, so as good. As practiced by Joe Marler this week. Yeah. I do know. I just I love the whole story of the cock tap because it encapsulates what I love about rugby, which is it was for charity. They started it for charity. <laughs> and before you know it, there are imaginary fallacies everywhere. What was um, the uh, what was the um what was the charity again? I'm not sure, but it was basically t- testicular cancer awareness. Testic yeah, but yeah. And, and they, it, they would they would celebrate a try by by cock tapping, yeah. So the, yeah. and then and then when it became a thing that, that everyone was aware of, largely because we were the first people to point it out, we were. we were, we genuinely were the first people to point it out. Kerry Sweeney wasn't it? it was Kerry Sweeney scores like what? They, what they what's Kerry happened Sweeney? there? What's this? What is this? We brought there. There is a podcast episode where where we are going. Phil, I think Phil, we, we are looking at a video yeah. again and again. Like, right, watch no, this. I'll put it, it in slow mo. <laughs> is he opening his mouth? What is? What is he doing? <laughs> and then when, it, when everyone got wind of it and everyone was on it, <laughs> then they started huddling and trying to yeah. do se- <laughs> secret contact. And you just see like, the hidden. shoulder and upper, upper arm <laughs> frantically gyrating. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> and I actually like why they got, got rid of it as well. They said, yeah, it kind of ran its course. It was getting a... Who was it? I interviewed... I think it's Kai Horseman. Said, yeah, it just got too vigorous. <laughs> got, getting out of hand. <laughs> too kind of away. <laughs> Right, back to the fixture. We're yes, getting yes, so distracted. Yeah, go on, come on, come on, come on. Two more games to do. So we've got another uh, Southwest Derby. This is another one. Lose this, you're done. <laughs> in, in the in JB's world, you're done. This is a season-defining game. Um, Bath hosting Gloucester. Uh-huh. Banners I, going back to the wreck. Yeah, wow. immediately. I fancy Gloucester, based on what I've seen. But equally, Bath cannot be as bad. I think will Bath. not. Be, you will get a reaction. I from think it. Bath are so so powerful. You'll but get a reaction. I see. I think, but I think the, the home factor is massive. I think Bath at the wreck. Yeah. So I mean, I spent all off season slagging Bath, Bath off, not being good enough. I don't know why actually, because when I look at their team, it's exactly the sort of teams that exactly the sort of team that I love. Yeah. Big physical, confrontational, get over the gain line, beat people up, love it. Yeah. And if they get it right, they're going to be bloody good at this. But if they lose. He's gone. He has to go. <laughs> has to go. Pack your stuff. So two weeks in, and you're calling for two DORs heads. Yeah, I don't think win or in... bust on two teams. Well, yeah. we'll see. But we're all going for a bath win, though. I'm going Gloucester. Actually. You're going Gloucester. Okay. Yeah. Hello. This is a this is a coin toss. And final one. Are we going to go to this one? Uh, I am available. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go and do our podcast after straight after. Stephen Jones is going to be there. Maybe. I don't know. More on that later. More on that later. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, Sale, big win. Big, Sun- big Sunday, win. 3 o'clock, Sale hosting Worcester. Uh, I think yes. the home factor again. Uh, Sale will not be that bad again. Um, They'll w- win. Worcester, a few injuries throughout that game. Uh, yeah, I think Sale will will have a reaction. Completely agree. Uh, uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. I think this could be a 15, 20 point this win. Is, this is my fantasy comeback. <laughs> well, in this, more this ways is, than one. So you have, in your fantasy rugby draft, having seven players from one team, you not have spreading your risk. You very have a evenly, lot of eggs in. What, so I was, I was consciously not picking players if where I had two or three from one team. Mm. Although somehow I've ended up with unless three you watts. get them in the same position, that's quite a yeah. good so way hang, to have it. Handcuff. I've handcuff. Well, not not handcuff, but just actually, like if you have two wingers from the same team, uh, so ex- one doesn't play, the other one's likely to. Yeah, it's a fair point that actually. So Exeter have got some strength and depth in midfield. And good question. Where's Liam Williams? Injured. How injured? Don't know. Uh, no, he's in training, and he back he'll in... be well, probably with Sean Maitland or well, David Strattel will have to be stood down on yeah. HIA protocol. Um, Maitland has got a Maitland's finger. got had a dislocated finger, so yes. I mean, I'm, not yes, obviously. I, mean, I don't want anyone to have an HIA or a bad finger, but um, you love great mates. Yeah, I do love great mates. I only see him once a year in uh, America, <laughs> New York or Philadelphia, yeah, yeah, which isn't seen. happening this season. It's definitely off. Definitely is it not? Off. Oh, do you know shame. why I think that is? I think it's because they wanted Sale to do it. I think Sale are so intent on getting to the top six or top four, they didn't want to sacrifice a home game because they believe the points are more important than the revenue. I just think, it's, well, we'll see, maybe. If maybe. I was to guess. Yeah. So, World Cup year as well. Does, yeah, yeah. For it's not us, for us it's uh, not necessarily But yeah, we might thing. do a pod from the AJ Bell Stadium. That's a good we'll idea. We'll need to replace our America weekend now. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, actually... Oh, forget it. We'll talk about our travel plans later. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. So that's so, the end of the normal pod. That's the end of the podcast. Thanks for making it this far. Um, you can turn off now. There's no further rugby to happen. There is no further further rugby to happen, but I think it's only right. So many people have wanted to hear what has what on earth has been going on. Right. Okay, gents. So I've teased this for some time. I thought maybe we'll do it now. Because actually, opening weekend of the season... This is so insular, right? It's two grown men fighting on so on social media, who most of most of the world haven't heard about. Actually, that isn't true. Hundred percent of the people listening to this podcast have heard of me. That it's not entirely <laughs> sure that hundred percent of the people listening to the podcast have heard of Stephen Jones. There, there is a percentage who have heard of him. There's a significant percentage who are probably blocked by him. Yes, uh, yeah. And if you have heard of him you're... and you followed him because you're a decent <laughs> rugby following human being, like most people are. You've also probably been blocked. Well, <laughs> I, 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 my story of being um, blocked by Stephen Jones. Are you Jones, blocked by him? 
I, I'm, I'm blocked by him because somebody tagged me in a in something. Mm. I was simply tagged in a. Tw- I've never tweeted him. I've been. I've I've said hello and had a cup of tea in the in the odd media room. I've got no beef, no issue whatsoever. Seems all right. Seems like a. Seems like a, a it's decent. Quite affable in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, but but I got blocked as well. So I I I can't see. I couldn't see any of this unfolding. Yeah. As it was because well, I couldn't see the conversation when we met him at the AJ Bell last time we did uh, the live pod there. Um, he said that his people do yes, the blocking. Yes, yes. So he's got people that block for him. I assume he's got Ooh. two two different teams: a blocking team and uh, an, an insults team. I guess like, like a crack. <laughs> I guess a crack Chinese warehouse. Of um, cyber hackers, you know, who do um... come up with the best, most cutting insults. Well, yes. Also, one other thing, I'm um, I'm a colleague of his, so I'll I'll, I'll, yeah, so I'll see it... him at the Christmas party if nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> so weirdly, when he says you amateurs, he he works with one of us, but don't let anyone actually know. No, that. no, I, um, <laughs> the, I'm the work I do for. Virgin Radio and and Talk Sport and the like is um is now it's all part of the same company that own the Times. There we go. Okay, you you you're both taking that Murdoch dollar then. <laughs> How times have changed. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, I I think most of the problem here comes, you know, doing like the immovable force and stoppable object. Well, neither of us are either of those things. <laughs> uh, but when Dickhead A meets Dickhead B, you know, obviously Dickhead activity in shoes. And I think that's exact. That's a pretty fair description of. Pretty much both of us, to be fair. Uh, so, um, anyway, it turns out, I, I have no prior warning of this. I've not tweeted Stephen Jones. I never feel the need to tweet Stephen well, Jones. I can't tweet Stephen Jones. Yeah. I do have another account where I follow other things, though, right, which no one knows about. But, you know, fundamentally, without warning, a tweet, a tweet comes through. Relatively de- de- derogatory. Describes the podcast as Kitty's podcast. And, yeah, he's probably got a point. We're in a basement, right? Fine. <laughs> you know, we're definitely not professionals. I mean, that is that is certain. And he makes Ooh. reference to Rubinia's Writers, Writers Club, which I wasn't allowed into. All absolutely true. All, all absolutely fine. Anyway, he's been doing a bit of drinking. I've been doing a bit of drinking. I decided it'd be a good idea to leave my voicemail. Nothing wrong with the voicemails. If they ever come out, that would be absolutely fine. I've got no, no, no worries do, there. Do you expect them to come out well, by, may, by mentioning that? Well, maybe, because I'm happy to read all of his texts. And if, you know, if he ever phoned me, I would happily record it and release it. So, you know, I wouldn't expect, <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything else. Let's hope it doesn't get to either of those things. Well, no, it is going to, because I might actually pre-say his texts here. So, um... He texts me. He texts me back. So I just said, you know, give me a text. Uh, and so apparently I've been uh, abusive. He's threatening uh, liables. Uh, and then he had also a long list from friends and colleagues ranting to the rugby... R- sorry, list of friends and colleagues of you ranting to the rugby union writers club. I don't even know what th- what these mean. But like I say, he's been drinking. How do I know this? Because in his next uh, next club, he tells me he's been He's been drinking. And we get to solve the mystery of who's blocking people on, on Twitter. It's Sue. So media, so media Sue. I would love a Sue. Because I could literally <laughs> blame all my bad behaviour on, on Sue. It's quite a convenient alibi, isn't it? Yeah, so according to this text, Sue, my colleague, can spot the fools a mile off. Um, now, either Sue doesn't exist, or she's doing a terrible job because she's blocked half of Twitter. <laughs> well... It's it's difficult to know anyone who's not blocked. When we put out that tweet earlier today, yeah, it there are, it seems like thousands of people are blocked. Well, let's give a really nice little case study here. Uh, a friend of the pod, Brim Williams, 
one of the most affable chaps you will ever meet. Yeah. Barbarian, captain of RGC, of stalwart of North, um, of North Wales rugby, tweeted to Stephen that he's read him for 20 years. and A fan. Al- a fan. A fan for 20 years. always enjoyed him. And Re- his, his, the response from Stephen Jones was, you're a dickhead, you, you're blocked. <laughs> you're a dickhead, you're blocked. Now, Stephen likes to escalate things. I like to escalate things. And because I've got his number... I have sent him quite a few screenshots of various uh, tweets that have been coming in throughout the day because he should know. Media Sue has blocked all of his access to Twitter, so he should know what people are saying. It, it's only fair. You're doing an important service, JB. Thank you, Phil. Thank, thank you. And by the end of the, end, end of the, end of the day, uh, I'm not going to call him directly a bully. I'm not going to call him his, his actions direct, you know, him a coward. But you can make up your own mind about his actions. Uh, as most pe- most of the people of his ilk are, when confronted with someone of equal stature, I would say, uh, he then came off Twitter and then accused people of abusing him and his family, which I think is an astounding claim for for uh, a man like him. So um, there we go. Stephen Jones will not be on Twitter for the next few few days or few weeks, according to which of his tweets that you believe. So hmm. there you go. Exciting. But, how, you- how did it feel to be part of a celebrity? Firestorm. Yes, yeah, celebrity beef. beef. Well, I think ultimately it comes down to this, isn't it? That they're very insecure in what they do. I mean, what we do down here is, you know, four years ago was very novel. Everyone's done it now. I mean, you know, even Stephen Jones has copied what what, what we do. I, I listen, I read his articles in, in in the Times. We all know that we all know that he listens from what he tweets. He left, as far as I'm concerned, when you read his opinions on England... It sounded exactly the same as mine. Suspiciously so. I would say one of the you, reasons... I bet you two would get on so well. Well, that's, that's actually... <laughs> you two should go drinking together. You know that's the actual <laughs> thing, isn't it? I think that's why he, he hates us so much. Because he actually knows... Hey, hey, us. You. you know, me. <laughs> me. Because he actually knows that there's so many similarities. You know, we like drinking. We're both dickheads. Um, you know, the thing, that we, the thing that we do isn't particularly important or, you know... Like, I always point this out. If you read Stephen Jones' article, you're not likely to find out much about the game. You're likely to have interesting opinions and an interesting view on the game. Very rarely is there new information. Um, if you want new information, there's people like Charlie Morgan or there's people like Alex Shaw. They're brilliant. They're real, real in-depth knowledge guys. That's where you expand your knowledge of the game by reading what they write. If you just want, you know, the you know, chat down the pub kind of point of view, go read Stephen Jones, or better still, listen to me, because I'm as good... <laughs> no, I'm... I'm as good as him, but slightly funnier, right? <laughs> Which makes me better, right? And that's, I think, the problem that he has. Uh, you know, fundamentally, we, we offer exactly, exactly the same service. But do you know what's really interesting in, in this? And I, I'm talking from someone who's worked in radio for, what, over a decade now? And um, traditional forms of media, you have to embrace the new platforms and new technologies or you will die, you will you will go extinct. You have to embrace this new stuff. So I think it's fantastic that the people you mentioned, Charlie Morgan, he he, you know, he made his name um, because he was had he these. Originally, well, this is what I mean exactly. There's there's these new platforms and these new technologies that mean these voices have an opportunity, and I think that we should all read widely, listen to all sorts of different opinions, and on a merit-based system, decide what you like more. And that means the market leads the product, and then people have to adapt and, and change. And, and the, the, what you want will end up being in the place that you want it, if that's 
on Twitter, if that's on a blog, if that's on a, a newspaper. And I, what, what I don't, the only bit I didn't like about this whole thing is any any air of this is good, this is a good form of um, journalism or media or content, and this is crap. The, the, the market works that out. Yeah, exactly. The people the six, work the, that the out. The six million downloads that, that, that we've got since Christmas works that out. You know, numbers speak, numbers speak, speak for themselves. From a basement. A basement, and I, and that's what I think is amazing about the world in 2018, and that's why I think that um, you, you you always need to be doing what people want. You always need to be better and better, and it's 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 pointless to to throw stones in other directions. Just need to make sure you're you're really well, good. Well, I'll put out and deep and sincere appeal to to Steve because there's, there's no hard feelings on my part whatsoever. But I've already retired him off um, off um, off Twitter. He's a slightly el- a slightly older man, and I'm a financial advisor. So if he wants to retire full stop, I, I am happy to facilitate that process. So Steve, if you're listening, reach out, retire completely. It, it'll be it, it'll it'll be absolutely fine. There you go. And this, this whole thing is why I've been toying with, I think, Instagram's the future, not Twitter. Because, <laughs> <laughs> no, back and forth, I it's amazing. look at a nice it, picture. It, it is amazing, just the slightest bit of resistance in he counts. It's just, it's, it's incredible to see. Uh, anyway, that was, that was, that's why we left it to the end, because it wasn't rugby related. So hopefully yeah. a lot of people switched off before this, but hopefully. if you wanted to know what, what, what went on, now, now you've got it. I just hope people don't block us from their podcast uh, apps. Oh no. God, keep subscribing, cool. please. Please, yeah. there'll be very few of these kind of rants in future. Yeah, and well, uh, yeah, it's well, there, there was, yeah, no, no, exactly. We we kept it till the end, so it's uh, yeah, like you say. Yeah. Well, look, if you uh, liked all the other stuff rather than this, which you heard, uh, well, there's an easy thing you can do. You can subscribe, or you can follow us on Twitter, or you can follow us on various forms of new media. We aren't we aren't able to be found yet in old media, are we? We can't. We're not delivered directly through your letterbox. But we can't no. be delivered directly to your device. Oh, I'll tell you I what can be delivered a... through your letterbox. What's that? A cornerstone razor. Oh, oh hell yes, it can, Phil. Do Outstanding you, segue. Do, do you reckon that Stephen Jones's podcast gets put on a CD and then is delivered with your Sunday Times? <laughs> it might as well old, be. Old, old, uh, old media and all. Uh, cassette. Cassette. Cassette tape. Cassette. Um, yeah, so follow us on all those platforms. Buy a razor. Please buy razors. Go buy razors. <laughs> uh, and until next week when we'll be back, maybe from the AJ Bell, maybe from the dungeon. We'll see. Uh, I'll see you then. In Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.